Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range EDC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. It's been just over a week since the grand orgy of geekery that is the San Diego Comic-Con came to its climax, and we're ready to dive into all the happenings that pertain to one of our favorite binkies, the MCU. When do we get mutants? What's going on with the phases? What hat was Feige wearing this year? We'll go through all of this with our normal level of completeness and detail, which means that we'll half-ass our way through this thing and rely on sheer charisma and perhaps a drop or two of bourbon to see us through in this episode 111, Comic-Con Marvel Mania. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is a licensed tattoo artist, but his license is only good for small woodland creatures like possums and chipmunks. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and once cuddled with a raccoon in an Airbnb in Wyoming. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. That one squirrel, though, boy, that was a rough one. Well, you know, the problem was that you were trying to do that in a shed that didn't have adequate lighting. No, no. But hey, the shed we stayed in, that would have worked. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe. Although there's a lot of places for a squirrel to get loose in there. You really want a very confined area. Although, quite honestly, if it's anything like washing a cat, which has got to be one of the top (laughs) ten worst things to ever do in your entire life... Part, oh, mostly dear. because cats are are supposed to be self cleaning mechanisms, and then when they get yes. when, when they get mucked up enough that you then have to clean them, things mm-hmm. do not go well. Then no, that's when don't. a ten pound cat has the strength of a mountain lion. Suddenly, it and they defy yes. physics. It's it is like one of the most terrifying yet awe striking things imaginable. Yes, and we are a minute and a half in, and we are already off track. Uh, <laughs> We're doing well here, sir. We're doing well. Off to a roaring start. Yes. I expect yes, nothing yes. less. You know, I blame it on the shed. That's because that's what I blame everything on now. All right. Anyways, we are going to talk about Comic-Con because now that we have gotten our trip out of our uh, out of our system, we've mm-hmm. relatively caught up on sleep and, uh, you know, most of our travel travails are behind us, except for the man they call Tim, who uh, experienced a little bit of what I experienced, a little karmic payback, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, today in missing his train and then having to hang out for an extra hour at the train station before catching the next one back home. I say, sir. Well, you didn't ask me what I did while I was waiting. What did you do? Well, there was there there was an establishment in the in the train station, so I sat and had myself a uh, a double of uh, Koval neat and uh, (sighs) a few deviled eggs as an appetizer to just uh, you know hold me over. (laughs) when you have a friggin' travel delay at the train station, you travel first class. It's disgusting to me. <laughs> if that were me at the train station, they would have a vending machine with nothing but like warm RC cola. That's all. It wouldn't even be like a no, name brand. Moxie. Soda. They have Moxie. 
Oh, good God. Yeah, that's great. Hey, have you ever thought about trying Robitussin mixed with Dr. Pepper? No. Hey, here, try this. No. <laughs> Moxie. So, oh. so, sorry to thwart your uh, your your story of comeuppance for me, but uh, nonetheless, I had to, you know, main, maintain true form and uh, <sighs> hooge it up a bit while I was waiting. So, you know. <laughs> Between between being here on the sun porch and sweating <laughs> to oh, death gosh. and and this, I'm just I'm now and I'm officially in hate with the entire world. So um, my apologies in advance to all of the members of the free range uh, IDC congregation. This one could be a little rough going. I might oh, get dear. delirious. We As I told uh, the man they call Tim, uh, by the end of this, I might be podcasting in a state of nature. Uh, <laughs> Be naked podcasting over here. He'd be naked. I'd be sweating like a mother over here. Oh my gosh. Anyways. Well, we are going to get into all of Comic Con uh stuff of uh, pertaining to Marvel because there's no way for us to cover all of Comic Con because I mean, oh my gosh, oh gosh just no. stuff happening left, right, and center. I mean, Sandman uh is going to be premiering on Netflix in a couple of days, and that's going to be awesome and and any other number of things going on uh but we're going to kind of focus on all of the marvel goings on uh for the remainder of phase what well, we are in phase four now we're in phase four mm-hmm. right yep the remainder we of phase, are in four. phase four and then we're going to hit phase five and then you know if the giant meteor doesn't strike soon enough then we will get to phase six and then I don't know. The lizard people take over the world after that, and maybe we'll get phase seven. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It all depends on mm-hmm. if they're Marvel uh, stockholders. So there is there is some doubt about this, but we at least know some things for certain. However, before we get to that, uh, we would be remiss. Uh, we, are, we are not going to have a traditional week in geek uh, for this episode. However, we would be remiss if we did not mention the passing of two giants of, of sport and and uh, cinema and television and and just general geekery, uh, that being of course uh, the uh, amazing William Felton Russell, better known as Bill Russell of the Boston mm-hmm. Celtics, and Nichelle Nichols, uh, who is the uh, one of the badass OG uh, Star Trek bridge officers, uh, Lieutenant Uhura, uh, who mm. actually I saw this on Twitter was commemorated in season two of Picard. One of the only things that I liked about the season two of Picard actually is that uh, we find out that that Lieutenant Uhura became Captain Uhura of a starship. So I can't remember what the name of it is because I've sweated out most of my brain at this point. Uh, (laughs) But there was a plaque on set where uh, when they zoom in on it, it shows that this particular starship was in service dates and then the captain was Captain uh uhura so that was that was pretty cool um what do you think uh, what are your thoughts sir on the the passing of these two greats uh so you know i'm not going to pretend to be a student Uh, you know like going back to my 20s i i was or you know teen teen years into my 20s i was fairly locked into basketball and some of the history of it um, a lot of that is I, I've kind of let go over time and, and just I'm not as, uh, you know, into it as I once was. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend to have the stats and, and, and to know everything about Bill Russell. But um, I, I will say I have very fond memories in my, you know, throughout my childhood and teen years. I had a poster um, that I got. I think it was around 85, 80. It was around 86 when, when, when they won the I think it was the 16th was 86. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and it had a listing kind of going around the 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 border of the poster was a listing of all the years that they won and i just remember you know every now and then i would just kind of stare at it and it always amazed me seeing how many championships they earned the fact they almost won the entire decade of the 60s i think there was one year they didn't win yep. the championship and that was under the the tutelage of of Bill Russell as player coach, um, and then originally as player only. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just and and you know, really, my exposure to to him has been now and then, you know, when he's kind of spoken out, either you know as an ambassador of of you know the 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 game, or just you know he just seems to pop in on the news or the sports news or whatever. But just always kind of carried himself with, with, with this gravitas and, and, you know, and not a pretentious gravitas. He, he just was a well-spoken individual and, and just always was, you know, I was telling my dad, he always just seemed like he, he was just the voice of reason and the voice of calm when I would see him just, just had a very, and just had that infectious laugh, you know, that, 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 mm. that he would let out every now and then when, when, you know, the, the environment was right. And, um, and so I, you know, I, uh, when I saw that he passed, it was, you know, surprising to me, but, you know, I also said to my, you know, my father too, uh, we, we talked, uh, this past Sunday about it. And I just said, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. And I'm kind of talking about him in, in a way, my father, his generation, but it's amazing to me. Like, you know, he, he did all this stuff throughout when my parents were kind of in their youth and here he is passing away in 2022. You know, I mean, he, I mean, what a full life. You know, to be able to have done all of that back in, you know, the 50s, 60s, and then to just live all the way through to, you know, to, to the late, uh, you know, not late, but, you know, early 2020s. And um, so, yeah, it's just it's kind of remarkable to me that, you know, there's still, uh, you know, that folks, I mean, again, they're 80 years old. It makes sense. Or he passed away at 88. But mm-hmm. but, you know, you just think of of them and the mark they made and how long ago that was. and And it's just remarkable, you know, that. They, they've been with us this long and, and have been, you know, a part of, uh, our lives and, and the culture as well. So, uh, yep. so, you know, you know, saddened that, that he has passed. Uh, but you know, I, like I said, I can't fake or, or, or put forth, like I have this, this major connection with him as a basketball fan, because I started, you know, my, my childhood was the eighties. So he had long since retired at that point. I just knew of him as an elder statesman of the Boston Celtics. So, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop there and, and, uh, and throw it back to you before we go on to Nichelle. For my money, Bill Russell is the greatest winner in all of sports and it's not even close. Amen. It really isn't. Uh, it, it says, it, uh, according to Wikipedia, which we know is uh, always accurate, uh, he is tied uh, with uh, uh, Richard, uh, Henry Richard of the national of the uh, NHL for the most uh, championships won by an athlete in North American Sports League with eleven. However, wow. it kind of doesn't tell the whole tale. One of the most gobsmacking statistics that I had heard, but I, I kind of, is, there's so many to go around with Russell and with those Celtics teams in general back then. Bill Russell in college through his NBA career played in 21, 21 do or die games, elimination Jeez. games. He did not lose any of them. He is 21 yeah. in O, including I think being 17 and O in the NBA. That's incredible. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. And and again, a team sport, you say, oh, well, all this and that. The Celtics really had a had almost a, a very similar team before Bill Russell got there. Russell was what them put them over the top. And Red Arback was very astute in in kind of recognizing like that they needed to change. They needed to do this. I don't think he ever even saw Russell play like he took him on the advice of a another coach who he trusted mm-hmm. and and he drafted him. But Russell won. I believe he won. A, a, I think he won a high school championship. He won two college championships, won Olympic gold. Then came to the Celtics and won 11 championships in his 13 year career. And there's an argument to be made that the only reasons that he didn't win 13 of 13 is because he missed part of his rookie season playing in the Olympics. And then there was another year when he was hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, theoretically, if he didn't play in the Olympics, you're looking at someone who a a potential of 13 championships in a row. Yeah. Which is insane. Absolutely insane. And the fact Mm -hmm. that he also did this at a time when the most the probably the single most imposing physical player like physical specimen to ever play in the nba wilt chamberlain was playing as his direct competition at his position so i mean he's going one-on-one with wilt chamberlain and beat him repeatedly as a matter of fact the only uh so this is another just weird stat that i thought was great um he is one of just two NBA players to have grabbed more than 50 rebounds in a game. Now, first of all, just so I'm clear, 50, 5-0 rebounds in a game. Jeez. Bill Russell. Guess who the other one was? Uh, guess who the other person was who had that many? Yep. There's only two players in NBA history who have ever done it. 50 rebounds? Uh Chamberlain? You would be right. Okay. So I was going to say I mean, Rodman, but I felt like that was too far of a reach. So Yeah, I mean, it's just not something that happens these days. But I mean, still, yeah. oh my gosh. And the fact that back in the day, they didn't keep track of blocks, but that was like one of his specialties was was blocks. And not, not just blocking and swatting it into the first row, like being able to block the ball and directing it to a player on his team. I mean, it's it's amazing the fact that you know, eight championships in a row, 11 in 13 years. And, and I don't know how else you, you line up anything. I mean, as, as bad as, you know, bad, as good as Brady was in football, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't compute. It's not close, you know? So, I mean, a giant and also playing in a city with, I mean, let's face it, a lot of racial tensions, Back yep. in the fifties and the sixties, and having and, and performing at that level under that pressure, with with the, with the the type of environment that he had to deal with, is just further amazing. And just it makes you just realize just how how much of a uh, just what a rock of a human being. You know, to the, the the determination and the the focus and the the mental strength yeah. of holding up under all of that and performing mm-hmm. at this level, mm-hmm. it's absurd. And uh, you know, 
And of course, as you said, I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'd never saw him play or anything like that. But, you know, just in reading and, and reading a lot of stories, because, again, I love the trivia stuff and reading a lot of statistics. It's just it's insane. Uh, just yeah. the, the legacy of this of this man. Um, Agreed. And, and, you know, Nichelle Nichols was <laughs> I just always she was great, man. Like. Just the fact that you had, you know, even in the original series was, you know, not always, I mean, it's tough with an ensemble cast. I mean, you knew Kirk was going to be part of every story. Spock's pretty much going to be part of every story, but man, Uhura had, had moments. And I think it's great how they've kind of continued to, in the other iterations of her character in, you know, the, the JJ Abrams, uh, you know, treks. And then now in strange new worlds, Mm -hmm. uh, showing a very young Uhura in that show just the fact that they kind of lean into that like Uhura shows up and she's just like isn't going to take any guff yeah you know and that was kind of her back in the day too like you know you Mm -hmm. you just didn't have a doubt like and she was such a great strong character and man uh you know was so inspiring to so many people um and then in the movies when they kind of you know her character got got a chance to kind of shine a little bit more and and oh it's just she and she uh, from all from all reports just a genuinely like shining light of a person and a human being and uh you know just very much embrace the fact that you know people knew her for this role yeah. you know which can right. be so hard for some people i mean shatner you know struggled with that for a long time you know nimoy struggled with that for a long time and maybe you know uhura was just like hey this is a blessing i mean i could just be not recognized you know right right um but yeah i did read an interesting story that it was an anecdote and I, I can't seem to find it. I'll, I'll have to find it, see if I can find the link for it when I saw it over the weekend. But um, there, there was a story that, you know, the name Uhura, um, I, I forget. Yeah. I think Roddenberry had a name like Uhura. I forget, I forget what it was. It was like Uhuri or something like that. And and she's mm-hmm. the one that kind of changed it into Uhura or something like that. Like she, just kind of jumped in and said, well, what if you just threw like an A at the end of it? And, you know, anyway, so it was just something about how she had kind of like a creative, you know, a little creative impact into, into the name that became kind of what she was known for. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and the thing that I really appreciated from a lot of the stories that came out on Sunday, you, you know, when, when this all was reported was, you know, I, I never realized how, um, you know, how much of a role she played with NASA in terms of, uh, mm. you know, because apparently once, once Star Trek was canceled, she, uh, volunteered her time, um, you know, on, on a special project with NASA to recruit minority and female personnel for the space agency and, um, was, was widely credited for, um, you know, recruits like, you know, Sally Ride and others, you know, for being selected and, and, and brought into the uh, space shuttle program. Yeah. So I just thought that was, you, you know, for, for all the notoriety she got, you know, from being on Star Trek and, and really, you know, similar to Russell, my, my exposure to her has primarily just been in, you know, the Star Trek movies, starting with Wrath of Khan forward. Um, because again, I haven't seen the motion picture yet. What? Some, somewhere Jimmy Dice is throwing something at me. Um, but, and deservedly uh, so. And deservedly so. And uh, so, so, you know, she was always just, you know, she had a couple lines in those films, never, you know, a, you know, a, a major, you know, a, a 
not not to the level of Kirk or Spock or anything like that, but um, but she was always just you know again just that kind of voice of reason, very articulate, very you know just just this kind of calm presence uh, in, in in the crew, you know, uh, in, in those movies, and so um, so I always thought they they portrayed her very well, and um, you know her character or she portrayed her character very well, and and you know was allowed to do as such, and so I just uh, those are my memories, um, but yeah, just just learning about you know, the impact she had on a very real program in, a, in our very real world and not in the, the uh, you know, fictional sci-fi universe of Star Trek, I thought was really cool. I mean, really, you know, making a difference that way. Um, and, you know, and similar to Russell, who who stood up for a lot of different causes, you know, uh, for minorities and, and, and other, uh, you know, in other cases, um, you know, just, just being that, that kind of spokesperson and, and standing up for, um, you know, what he believed to be right and, 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 you know, sticking to his guns that way. And so both of them, I just felt, it was just kind of poetic with both of them that they, you know, passing away on the same day, but just both having the impact they did on, on their, their respective sport or, or industry and, and, you know, also on the world around them. Yes, 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 indeed. Very eloquently put as usual, ah, sir. Live as long usual. and prosper. Yep. And smack it out of Wilt's hand. That's what I say. That's right. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a basketball player. <laughs> not too many of the OG crew left, man. Not too many no. left. No. I mean, oh, treasure them, treasure them. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get on to Comic-Con and all the Marvel's going ons there. My goodness. Uh, which Where maybe we, we ought to... Maybe we ought to start with this. Marvel rolled out, you know, all the the stuff. Um, DC, <laughs> where's the where's the cricket sound effect? Uh, yeah, oh, it, was, okay. it was crickets and a wet fart, essentially. <laughs> that's about it. But hey, that's what happens when you've got one of your, you know, one of your second tier stars uh, in your upcoming, you know, fingers crossed. Like, all right, maybe we're back on the upswing. Uh, she's just been in a very, very, very public defamation suit on, and and has become like memeified to a the nth degree. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the uh, the guy who's, you know, supporting your new movie that you're hoping is really going to kind of you know bring a lot of other stuff back. Uh, he's apparently a psychopath, um, and not a very nice person. Yeah, so I can kind of understand why you're a little on the quiet side right now because I I don't know that yeah. DC knows what the hell they're going to do with Aquaman two and the Flash coming up because they're mm -hmm. like great mm -hmm. two movies that like how are we going to sell this without yeah. just looking like doofuses? But then again, they've looked like doofuses before. Um, so which basically been we got the Rock in his Black Adam costume and that's about it. That's about it. Did he have his double double with him or no? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, maybe, you know, it, they would have been better off if they just had like him and Kevin Hart in, in like their DC Super Pets <laughs> do, costumes. Do, do, doing the tortilla smacking contest. <laughs> that would have been better. That would have been quite honestly better. But then again, you know. Oh, man. They would have managed to louse that up as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, yes, a, not the best showing for DC. Uh, so no. let's uh, no. let's let's stick with Marvel. Let's let's go. Cool. Yeah. You want to you want to kind of start us off here. And, and how do you want to lead us through this, sir? Well, I mean, at, at a very high level, uh, they they basically revealed um, somewhat surprisingly, because I don't 
you know, I think I'm trying to think back when I think they did this when they revealed phase three, because I remember that's when it became clear that the phase three would be closed out by a two part Avengers uh, saga movie, uh, you know, Infinity War and then Endgame. Um, although at the time, I think it was just called Infinity War, Infinity Saga Part One and Part Two, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was Infinity War One and Two. Yeah, 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 something like that. So this this was quite uh, quite a reveal. Um, and I took a, I took a screen capture on my phone, which is evident by the fact that the volume thing is like pasted yeah, that was, over. <laughs> that was nice work. I'm like, no, I really don't need to see what what's at the end of Phase Five and Six. Thanks. I, I definitely wanted to know exactly what your Bluetooth situation was instead. I think I probably took that when I was sitting in first class and adjusting my seatbelt. So you know. <laughs> Uh, 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 yes, had a sneak I'm telling you right there. now, I've got sweat rolling down parts of my body right now that I'm not too happy about. So let's <laughs> let's just try and rein it in right now, shall All right. we? All right. So they revealed phase five and phase six, um, which will be uh, starting off and we'll start rolling through it momentarily here. I think what we're going to do first is uh, we, we have at least two, I think two of the shows, sorry, one movie, one TV show mm. uh, that each have a trailer that we're going to go through. And then I think we're just going to talk through in phase order. So we're going to go through all the phase five content and then the phase six content uh, and just kind of talk through, give our, our quick takes on these things and, uh, uh, and just kind of process it all because uh, there's, there's a lot. There, there's a lot and some of it's really intriguing and uh and and so i'm curious uh, to get uncle todd's takes especially where he's in you know kind of meltdown mode out on the uh, patio there so i'm not in meltdown mode i'm just in melt mode like i'm i'm like a <laughs> fracking slice of american cheese him right up now water. give him some water oh my good lord oh, so it's, jumping in first it's already uh, swampy in here we're like we're like <laughs> 15 minutes in and i'm like just sticking to everything yeah sorry man i'm gonna need a spatula to get off of this couch all right well uh all things uh considered when it uh, comes to you being swampy um i think what we're going to jump into are are the two uh and actually i I don't think she hulk is phase five i think it's probably with black panther i would think I think so. I don't. Yeah, I've given up trying to figure out where the phases are at this point, because with COVID and time having no meaning, I'm still in this place of like, ah, I don't know what the hell any of this is. And without a big like Avengers movie at the end of phase four, it's sort of like, okay, does it really matter exactly where it ends? I don't think it does. So sure. It feels like phase four has been table setting. You know what oh, I mean? It's totally. like it's like teeing totally. things up without anything really of major substance happening. It's a lot of world building, which is yeah, yeah, is you know, is good and bad. You know, like because you can do world building really well. The problem is, and this is a reason why I've I've always had a problem with fantasy books. You know, I've tried. I've tried to get into some of these books. It's the reason why I'm not even going to bother trying to read fracking Game of Thrones or anything like that. Number one, I'm going to be disappointed because, you know, George R.R. R. Martin is never going to finish it. Never, ever, 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 ever. They'd have a better cho- chance right now of like hooking him up to a car battery and sticking like the Matrix jack into the back of his head, downloading it all, and then having like a Google AI write the rest of the novels at this point. Th- there's a much better chance of that 
than there is of him actually finishing them of his own volition at this point. So, but the problem I have with a lot of fantasy books that I've tried to read is that it, it almost feels like the author is so much into world building. Like, they're, oh, look at this, mm-hmm. all the cool society and the things and the blah, blah, blah. And here's the politics and here's the map and the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, you forgot to give me a story. I don't care that their wagons have five wheels instead of four and blind and, and you know, they've got, you know, they've got four knuckles instead of three or what. I don't care. Like what's the story, man. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately what it's feeling like right now is that Marvel has kind of fallen a little bit into that trap. Now I'm not going to judge it all quite yet because again, they've, they haven't steered us wrong or that wrong so far. Most of the missteps they've had right now, I feel, are are pretty forgivable by the, you know, by comparison to other, you know, movies or DC or whatever you want to judge them by. But I do feel like they might have gotten a little bit into the weeds in the into the world building area here. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we start pulling our way out and they start, OK, here's some threads that we've left out. Let's start pulling these together and mm-hmm. and and get into kind of more. Like, okay, what's the overarching thing that we're doing here? Um, but I also freely admit, I think that some of the some of the complaints of of people who have gone kind of over the top, like we're saying, like it's table setting, it's world building, it's whatever. I think there's people like, ah, there's no story. They suck, probably they lost. Some of that is because they've just gone through three, you know, phases of movies that in retrospect now it's like, wow. Yeah. Holy cow, look at this. I mean, there was they, definitely they, they went on a run. They yeah. went on a run, but there's, there's that aspect of being able to look back at it and that sheer breadth and width of it just is, mm-hmm. is like, Oh, and it jacks it, it. It jacks up that, that much extra. Like you, instead of an yeah. a, now you're like, Oh, it's an a plus because look at it all. You know, now you're not getting your, this is still in progress. So, well, here, here's what's kind of remarkable when you think about it, right? Because really it looks like phase five is, is really going to be, you know, jumping headfirst into, you know, the multi, and they called it as, 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 as much that these two phases, phase five and six will be essentially the multiversal saga is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I believe we're probably past or right about at a year since the Loki finale and the Loki finale is, was the first reveal of really Kang yeah. um, without calling him Kang. Um, it was yep. just heavily, you know, really wasn't identified in the show that way. But if anyone understands the lore behind it, the, you know, the man, the he who remains, we got introduced to Kang. And now the the finale of what seemed to be kind of this like one off series that is now going to have its season two uh, was really kind of the launch point, the catalyst, if you will, of that character now, you know, wreaking havoc through what is going to now be the multiverse. And so, um, so when you talk about, you know, them world building and kind of taking their time and, you know, we call it table setting. I mean, they are, they are taking their time. I mean, we have not seen Jonathan majors as Kang since a year ago, and we're not going to mm-hmm. see him until it sounds like quantum mania, which is I think in spring of uh, next year. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is, is because now, you know, Kang has been talked you know, to death and the multiverse has been talked to death. We've been talking about, talking about, talking about, Oh, is this where the multiverse comes from? This is where it gets introduced. It gets to blah, 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 blah. There's always these, these things of like, Oh, we knew it was coming. 
And so now it's a series of questions. And because we've been talking about those questions ad infinitum, I think people, it feels like we've been going through this for, you know, half a decade when it's really been, right. like you say, like a year, year and a half. And, and people have lost a little perspective. I guess and, that's what I was trying to get at. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And, and not that this is, and not, I'm not suggesting in any, in, in any way, shape or form that this is a measure of things. But, you know, like we talked about with, uh, you know, I think we briefly discussed, oh, I don't know, do we ever discuss Thor Love and Thunder? But maybe on the trip uh, we did. Um, good question. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it was on the trip. I don't think we actually covered it in, in the show. But No, we didn't you know, actually. It's quite telling, though, that there have been, you know, there's Thor and, and there might have been another film prior to Thor, not, well, there was Spider-Man and then there was Doctor Strange. And I, we, we did a reel in Jabroni on that, but we didn't on Thor. And to be perfectly honest, you know, and, and I'm even thinking too with Black Panther, it may be the case. Like, I don't know that there's a lot to really do a reel in Jabroni on, you know what I mean? Like, what are the big rumors we're going for? You know, yeah. it, it's like, you know, we're kind of in this like weird zone right now where there isn't a whole lot to guess about because there isn't, you know, these threads that we, we kind of know are coming, but aren't sure when they're going to be revealed. And so that, and let's be honest, that's really what a lot of what we do when we do Marvel real and jabronis are is, you know, it's, it's that constant journey for the Mephisto appearance, you know, sort of like, like it's like, we know it's there in the comics. When is it going to be on the screen and how often is, you know, the man they called Tim going to get burned by it. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it is kind of telling that in this phase, you know, the the rumor mill and kind of what's going to happen, you know, really after Spider-Man and to some extent Doctor Strange really is kind of calming down quite a bit because there just isn't anything to really kind of, you know, really guess about. When we get to Quantumania, you know, that's going to be interesting because it's going to be it's going to be a question of, OK, how is Kang coming in? Are there going to be multiple Kangs or not? You know, and mm. w- are they going to explain, you know, really his whole, you know, backstory, not so much verbally, but now in on film, um, because he who remains explained it all. He explained what had happened and what he tried to fix. And now it's going to all go coming apart again. So I'm wondering, you know, like it just feels like when we get into phase five, we're going to maybe be back into that place of trying to predict what's going to happen for fun because there are things coming that we know are going to be coming and we just don't know how they're going to materialize. Yeah. I think that it's telling right now that the, the biggest, uh, Oh, and there goes the cork. We're going for round two, ladies and gentlemen, technically round three. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm excluding your little first class train experience. (laughs) Jerk. Um, but I think it's telling I, that I still love how you played into that. You you thought you went for the jugular, and I parried and, I and struck, sir. Parried. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's even talking about fencing. How bougie can you possibly get? <laughs> my gosh, are you wearing are you wearing boat shoes with no socks? Because we, ju- I'm just going to have to stop doing this show if that's the case. Excuse me for a second. <laughs> I bet those things smell smell funky as a mother too. Yeah. <laughs> They are a little ripe. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, but I think it's most telling that right now the biggest speculation uh, in terms of like rumors is really casting and it's casting Mm -hmm. for Fantastic Mm -hmm. Four and X-Men. Yeah. Those are like the big, 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 big rumors. And I think part of it is just because there, there is a lot of this is, you know, putting pieces on the board and a lot of those pieces are things that we already knew were coming and that have been talked about and that, you know, 
a lot of those rumors have been kind of wrangled and there's enough information that's like, okay, well, we kind of know where this is going. Now, the funny part is, is when you start getting into some of this, some of this when Marvel feels like they've got you heading mm-hmm. in one direction, that's when they will toy with you a little bit. And that's where we that's what we got at the uh, uh, for the season finale or the series finale of Miss Marvel, hmm. where, you know, you're like, OK, yep, I think we know where we're heading with this. And then they hit you with a little little bit of a left turn there. And you're like, what? You're doing this here? Oh, OK. All righty. Didn't see that I- coming. I actually haven't seen it yet, so I know, and that's why I'm kind of I'm being a little Thank coy you. for in, in, for our listeners because I know that the man they call Tim hasn't uh, caught up on Miss Marvel, which you need to do because it is a fun ride, nice, um, and and you will you will appreciate uh, the kind of little bit of twist. It's not like an epic, you know, world. You know, well, it actually, kind of is uh, at, in in six, but I'll I'll let you watch it, sir, and enjoy it uh, in real time. Thank but you. you need to watch it soon because we need to talk about it. Um, All right. But I, I think it is telling that the the casting is kind of the big deal right now. That's mm-hmm. that, and I and and rightfully so because I mean we've been you know waiting on a decent Fantastic Four movie for nigh on many many moons at this point. And uh, also been waiting for that sweet, sweet mutant action to be uh, making its way into the MCU officially at this point. Uh, also for many, many moons. And now it's like, OK, how's this going to work? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. However, uh, back Indeed. to our back to our trailer, we are going to pardon me. Um, we are going to uh, go over and I'm sure everybody's seen this because this this was uh, actually came out. What was this? I thought yeah, it was this, was this past weekend, and didn't it hit like 100 million views like within a day or something crazy like that? Well, right now, I'm looking at... I'm on the Marvel Entertainment... Uh, let me see. Oh, wait a minute. Um, why is this only showing the likes? Oh, my... Holy crap. Um, I just wasn't looking the right area. Uh, we are just about 33 and a half million views on this trailer. Uh, and that, of course, is the uh, Wakanda Forever Black Panther Two trailer. Um, so we're gonna if you if you've seen this already, you know what? Go ahead and cue it up with the link in the show notes and watch it again because, damn it, it deserves your respect. Um, oh my gosh! Respect. S- uh, such a great trailer. I am. I am. Mm-hmm. I was already hyped for this movie, and now I'm even more so. So, uh, we're going to watch this. We're going to kind of uh, throw a few comments out as we're watching, and then we will discuss afterwards. So, again, even if you've seen it, cue it up again because, damn it, you know, it deserves it. So, uh, do you have it queued up there, sir? I do. All right. So, we are right at triple zeros. Here we go in three, two, one, play. Oh gosh, such great music. Such Good a great music music start choice. It off. Forget who that character is. I know I'm I oh so many characters to keep in keep in mind. Oh, Angela Bassett, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Presence. Yeah. Presence. There's Shuri. I need this version of this song. A very, very solemn. Yeah. And we know why, but. Well, yeah.
I'm forgetting the villain. Is it Namon the Namor? <sighs> Namor the nautical submariner. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to call him the nautical wonder. Oh, yeah, good lord! Not so much. No. I'm curious about this. The army invading. Uh, war is coming to Wakanda, looks like. Oh, that's a good line. Have I not given everything? Interesting. So what is he called again? Namor? Namor, yeah. Namor the Submariner, yeah. Interesting. Ah, there it is. <sighs> the claws of the Black Panther come out again. I have Just... seen that trailer probably four or five times now, which mm. honestly is not enough. Still just chill. Like I like the the hair on the, my arms is staring standing up like chills. Especially when you hit that last part and you you see the the black panther claws come out. Mm -hmm. Oh. Dude, so I have just to ask does does oh. this mean you're you're not sweating anymore cuz you got the chills? For moments for momentarily, yes, I am I'm <laughs> blissfully not sweating. It's great. <laughs> we'll see. That'll probably last about a minute and a half. Oh, um, that's funny. Oh, what are your thoughts on this trailer, sir? No, I I mean I think I think it's a great um A, I think it's a great trailer. Uh it's it's it doesn't give away too much. It it whets your appetite, it addresses the elephant in the room, and it it just teases you on what is to come with which is going to be you know, the fact that there is going to be a Black Panther and it's not going to be, you know, Chadwick Boseman for obvious reasons. Um, when this first came out, I did the the next day I did read kind of a, like it wasn't a theory, but it was an interesting point of view on, you know, the, that it'll be interesting to see when the movie comes out, if this is truly like. Not that they're not going to say he didn't pass away, but the scene with Angela Bassett, you know, like talking about have has, have I not given enough, you know, because I've lost my whole family. There's an element that that this article was mentioning about. Um, I have to find it again, but it was mentioning that, you know, when she talks about losing her family, is this really the time frame we think it is, or is this during the snap? Because he's mm. he goes in the snap. That's right. So there's kind of this question of, you know, when we see these scenes, you know, in our heads, we're thinking about real life and the fact that, you know, Chadwick Boseman has passed away, sadly. And so, you know, we're kind of caught up in our time, but we'll, they, we'll marvel in the storytelling they're doing, however they're telling that story, flip it around and maybe do it as a story that is during the snap. Now, what, how that explains what happens after, that, that's the only wrench I find in that in that line of thinking is, well, what do you do now when you catch up to current day, yeah. which is, I believe what the story most likely will be about, which is they'll have some explanation for him passing away his care, you know, the, the character. Yeah. Um, 
and and then addressing that. And so that's where, yeah, that's where I'm not sure. So, but, but I mean, just, just, you know, that one building side that has just that, that, that mural of, of Chadwick Boseman is, is just, you know, just, just gorgeous. And, and, and just very, you know, just, it all come, all of it, the music, the, the, the scenery, um, you know, that, that mural, I mean, it all just kind of, there's a solemn nature to the whole thing, even though you're seeing what appears to be some group attacking Wakanda, it's like, that's almost secondary to everything you see going on in the trailer. And it's just all kind of building up to that moment of, you know, T'Challa is gone, but now you see the Black Panther still is, you know, still lives. And so, uh, yeah, and of course, the big question is going to be, and here's where we have. Well, we do have a real jabroni. You know, who will the, who will the Black Panther be? Um, so uh, yeah, so I, I'm. I mean, it's it hit, it hits all the marks for me. It's got me excited for it, and you know, looking forward to when November hits to see it and and to see what Marvel does and and how they you know tell another fantastic story with uh, these characters. Yeah, I think it, it is a, a tremendously well cut trailer, and you know one of the things that I've come to realize is that usually, you know, it's very unusual that the, the studio itself is cutting the trailer or it's usually different people from the people who are cutting movies, because honestly trailers are their own thing. Like that is your own specialty, you know, and, and putting together a compelling trailer is is its own art form. And as we've seen, I mean, again, not to, not to go and, go around and kick dc some more but i'm gonna go around and kick dc some more their trailers have always been really good like the original suicide squad trailer the series of trailers they had for that they had like four or five different trailers for that movie and they were all fan freaking tastic Mm. um the movie did not live up to the trailers and that's kind of been their mo either their trailers gave away the entire movie or their trailers were good and then you watch the movie you're like oh well Oof, that didn't do it. Um, yeah, and and there's a long tradition of you know footage from the uh, in the trailers does is not in the movie. You know, it's stuff that was on the cutting room floor, but it looked good for the for the trailer. I think this trailer does a tremendous job for one hyping up for the movie, which is what it's supposed to do. But almost as important, it, it it's serving as kind of a public mourning for T'Challa, the character, even though, you know, we, we've all mourned Chadwick Boseman. We, we know that he's gone. We know that there is change coming. This is a recognition within the MCU in, in like MCU world of this character is no longer with us. And it does an excellent job of that. I don't expect the movie to have this exact tone, I think this trailer was cut for a very specific purpose. Of, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, I bet, I bet if they do a, you know, and we 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 do get multiple trailers now, so I expect in another month or so we'll get another trailer, and then maybe even a third trailer before the movie. I doubt they'll all have this same vibe. I think this is a very deliberate, you know, tone that was set in this trailer to give us that moment of like ah, oh, and to kind of feel that gravity. And, you know, it did an awesome job at that. I mean, it was, it's breathtaking. Um, I think it will be very interesting. I'm, again, my money is on Shuri being the new Black Panther. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be very interesting seeing her go against or, or just how the entire thing plays out with Namor. Um, 
as the as the big bad because you know we are it's not necessarily they're attacking he's attacking Wakanda because it, this is really now Wakanda is going out into the world that was at the end mm. of Black Panther Wakanda yeah. is now working with the rest of the world and is is involved and um you know so it'll be interesting to see how that factors in and 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 what is the kind of inciting incident of of Namor going after Wakanda or Wakandans or in different parts of the world. I think it was very interesting in this trailer, how Angela Bassett is the only voice you hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally the right call. Totally mm. the right call. Like you said, just such a presence. Oh and, gosh. Yeah. I mean, even in her few lines, I mean, she didn't have a ton of lines in, in black Panther or, you know, or anything. Every single moment she was on screen was just, money in the bank dude mm-hmm. so uh, it was very very cool for her to be the, the kind of the lone voice in that trailer uh, but i i i am a 10 out of 10 hype uh for this movie nice nice coming november 11th uh, i don't want to wait I want it now but oh, oh, oh well in november you won't be swamping on your patio you'll be crying about how cold you are i probably will be uh, actually uh yeah i will be i will be very <laughs> Because I don't live in a first-class world like you do. Oh, sorry. All man. right. Next up, we got some new uh, some new stuff for the Disney Plus uh, coming, and uh, this well, one actually, is we're, we're going to do oh. She Hulk. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. She oh, Hulk. Oh, sorry. The, oh, sorry. I thought you were jumping into the TV show. Sorry about that. Well, She Hulk is a TV show. You, you're aware of that, right? <sighs> yes. Yes. Keep going. Okay. So I am diving into the TV show, and I am talking about She-Hulk. So are we on the same page? I think so. I'm going to have a sip of my bourbon now. Yeah. Are you, are you drinking like venti bourbons over there? Like, you, Quite possibly. Do you just have a straw in the bottle at this point? <laughs> okay. I almost did a spit take on that one. Thank you, sir. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Well done. Well done. Small victories. All right. So uh, we also got the, the trailer for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Mm-hmm. Uh, mirroring on the Disney Plus here, uh, when? Sometime? Soon? Uh, August 17th. Yes, very soon. Oh, my gosh. Coming up Quite. in a couple weeks. Yikes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to watching this. Uh, we've got the trailer pulled up. The, the which, link will be in the show the way, notes. But, sorry, just to jump in real yeah. quick before we watch this. It is funny to me that this is uh, a show going back to, uh, I believe it was season one of our podcast, uh, where we talked about shows like this, um, uh, Moon Knight, y- y- at, at the time in 2019, and when we ran through them, they were rumors, you know, of, of what yeah. was to come, and they were pretty far out. And it's just funny that when She-Hulk was first announced, it was just She-Hulk. And now, you know, just to see it's She-Hulk attorney at law. So so we have a little twist to it. And, uh, and, and you know, so I'm sorry. For, for me, it's just kind of funny because... It's just fun to see things that we talked about like three years ago that are now coming to fruition, but taking a form that I don't think any of us could have predicted it would be, you know? So yeah. Anyways. I agree. I agree. It also is just a, you know, noting, noting the passing of time and the fact that we are all getting older and that much closer to the grave. Thank you for reminding us of that, Tim. Really appreciate that bright, sunny note that you've struck. My, my Uh, work here is done. So, yes, let's watch She-Hulk before we all wither away and die. Um, 
So we, uh, if you click on the link in the show notes, we've got this all set to triple zeros. So let's uh, go ahead and press play in three, two, one, play. Off we go. I just love the air horn coming in from the side. Yep. <laughs> I love the <laughs> Professor Hulk, uh, you know, just taking notes. Yeah. So his arm is fixed. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Which I wonder, again, if this is going to be like in the middle of the snap sort of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, well, no, maybe. because she's going to be an attorney of law for other superheroes, right? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Of course, the with a binder. Yes. I like how uh, they're completely embracing like goof Hulk. Yes. Oh, and fourth wall break. There we go. Somehow I managed to miss that before. I don't know. It could be a uh, during snap thing. I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe. Because that would explain his arm being okay, because I didn't think his arm was going to heal. Yeah. Making a big deal out of this arm. I don't know why. But it was good to see Abomination. Yeah. I like how there's just this acceptance of, like, it's so funny to see where we've come from Iron Man to here. Yes. <laughs> where it's like, you know, hiding. Oh, there, there's Wong. Yep. Is he going to sing, though? He's That's everywhere. That's what I want to know. He's every. Oh, I wonder if this will explain why he's, like, wrestling Abomination in Shang-Chi. I love that when he's like, that's hysterical. There are some super beings that she's fighting. I love the middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> A little throwback to, you know, Hulk always knocking a. Oh, who is that supposed to be? Daredevil tease. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Got. Oh, so this is probably going to launch into Daredevil, isn't it? Yeah. Fellow lawyers. Ah, there we go. Because again, we saw Matt Burdock in, uh, in Spider-Man uh, No Way Home as Spider-Man's lawyer. Yep. Yep, we did. So we yeah, did. I, I, I this looks really good. I there was a lot of people kind of slagging on this for you know, janky kind of CGI around She Hulk and whatnot. And uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> uh, this is right in Uncle Todd's wheelhouse of of complainers. What a what a world that we live in. That that's what is some people's primary, you know, thing to bitch about. I mean, the seriously. The pixels don't look real enough. 
I don't like it. Crying out loud. We're getting things that we never thought we would ever get to see. You know, just just be glad. Just be glad that you're getting to see this stuff at a high quality. And you know what? Maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a conclusion to some of these stories before the giant meteor strikes the earth and wipes us all out. And then we get to sit in the afterlife going, oh, we did it. She hugged didn't look that good in CGI. <laughs> Hit you with a friggin' harp in the side of your head. Now you slap him with a tortilla is what you do. <laughs> Well, I don't know if there's going to be tortillas in the afterlife. I'm I'm banking on like a harp because I, you know, the harp looks like it's it has a nice handle. That you can whang, you like, then, but you do like the tacos, so I'm just saying if you're oh, going to have a taco, oh, I, you got to have the tortilla. So well, that's the other problem. I don't want to waste a tortilla smacking somebody. Like throw some eggs and some meat on that thing and give me a breakfast <laughs> tortilla. Give me a breakfast taco. I don't want to smack give someone with that. F- give me my food coma, please. Exactly. There we what go. What are we talking about again? Oh, she Hulk. She-Hulk. Um, yeah so no i think this looks really good i'm i'm in i'm intrigued by the the comic tone i'm hoping i'm really Mm -hmm. hoping really hoping that we're kind of getting a little bit of a it's a little bit of a kind of a swerve here you know like they're trying to play up the comedy but we're going to get some more serious aspects to it like they're playing it up in the in the trailer and with the name, you know, the She-Hulk attorney at law, which kind of gives you like, oh, wow, this is going to be this is like a buddy comedy thing. I'm hoping that we get, a, you know, some we get kind of sideswiped a little seriousness um, and that it doesn't yeah. kind of get into Thor Love and Thunder, like where it's just it feels like it just gets a little too jokey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Agreed. those are just my thoughts. I mean, what do you what do you think of this? Yeah, no, I, I I'm intrigued by it. Um you know, like, and, and I don't know if this is just me being stupid or, or if it just was what happened, but, you know, we talked about Ms. Marvel a little bit ago, like one of the thing, I think one of the reasons I really didn't lock into that or even start really watching it is I, I don't know there's a lot of marketing behind it. You know what I mean? At least with this She-Hulk show, you know, I've seen a couple trailers. It looks intriguing, looks kind of interesting. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, jazzed about it. And, uh, and, you know, kudos to you, sir, astute observation on the Hulk arm, because I didn't notice that before. And now that you've pointed that out, I'm very curious about, you know, kind of the time frame this takes place in, because it was my thought that he, that was like a permanent damage thing for him. And I'm wondering, you know, if this takes place kind of before the events of, of Endgame, um, you know, so during that snap time period, what what does that really mean? You know, and 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 that is during the time period where he comes to an understanding of, you know, being able to be this, you know, I'll call it Professor Hulk, but I think that's what it's referred to in the comics as. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering if this is kind of a, a side story from that time period that's getting told. And to your point, if there is kind of a serious, you know, overtone to it, what does that actually lead into? So, um, so yeah, I'm kind of curious because, you know, Marvel is good at playing with time and, and, and I, don't, I don't mean playing, playing with time in a cheap way, but, you know, kind of like we saw in, in, um, uh, Hawkeye, you know, where we got kind of a view into flow flow, uh, going up in the snap and then coming back and realizing, you know, she disappeared and, you know, missed a bunch of time. Um, you know, they, they find ways to kind of, we like the snap is kind of this event that a lot of these shows have kind of woven into their story. Um, and, and I'm curious if, if in this case it's going to, you know, kind of render itself again. Um, and then, you know, it kind of leads to the question, okay, well, 
if she's there, where is she during some of these other stories? And, and, you know, kind of going way back, not way back, but going back to the beginning of, of the show here, when we talked about how this is table setting, um, you know, I'm wondering if some of these shows are kind of, you know, just doing that world building and, and, and table setting of some of these characters who are later going to have an impact in the movies. And, and if we're not seeing kind of the, the, uh, beginnings, the, the Genesis, if you will, of Avengers 2.0, um, which is going to be a, a whole new set of heroes from what we, we saw, you know, kind of in the beginning. So, uh, yeah. with phases one through three, how about you, sir? Thoughts? Um, well, I think I, I hear what you're saying with the, with use utilizing the snap. And I think that it, that is a, it's something that Marvel has used well and where I think that they've gradually kind of shown more and more without kind of really without overdoing it. Like yeah. we saw in, yeah. uh, in WandaVision, uh, when, um, Oh my gosh. I always forget her first name. Rambo. Not oh, Mo- uh, Monica. Uh, Veronica Rochambeau. <laughs> Monica Rambo. Um, oh, sorry. Hey, <laughs> Rochambeau, you for it. Um, <laughs> well, we called the episode that when we talked about that, we called the Rochambeau. I know, I know, I know. Just, and just, that's just my bringing own back fault. a little history, my friend. Um, and good callback. But, uh, you know, when they showed her kind of and the chaos of what that was like, and then in, in you know, with Flow Flow, they kind of sh- they showed you a little bit more in some of the another kind of emotional aspect of it. Um, I just hope they don't go if they're going to if they're going to utilize that time period, I hope they find it kind of an interesting way to do it. Um, I, I just don't want this to become a go-to thing where it's like everything has to be wondering, well, does this happen during the snap or did it not? And it's like, okay, can we just, can we please kind of pick a time period here and only go back there sparingly? Because I don't, I don't want this to be a time, a thing where we're now always debating this every single thing that happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's the only problem I have there. I think it's intriguing introducing She-Hulk now because the, the interesting thing about her character is she has been a member of the Avengers and at one point was a member of the Fantastic Four. Ah, okay. So you say the Thunderbolt. Uh, don't know much about the Thunderbolt, so I, I can't do that one, but I, I do know that she was a member of, of those two teams and we have those two teams coming up. So, I mean, there's, there is fertile ground for this character and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, down to see this i'll watch it for sure i'll watch the snot out of it who am i kidding nice nice and i believe I, that kind of ties up phase four for whatever that's worth right yeah and, and just one last comment and i know i said this already but but just going back to to the embracing of goofy mark ruffalo as the hulk i i just think is great you know like i think they found you know like if you told me back like in you know, the beginning of Marvel when we hot, when, you know, we had Edward Norton's, you know, incredible Hulk, I think it was incredible or was it the Hulk? I forget. No, that um, was incredible Hulk. Yeah. That was incredible Hulk. Okay. But you know, the, the constant focus on him being a rage beast, you know, which, and, and Avengers did that. The first Avengers focused on him being a rage beast, but I love how they've embraced that evolution of him. And, and now he's this kind of goofy, like almost Zen-like character now, which is just a, such a departure. I mean, maybe, you know, I, I'm not a student of the comics and maybe this is something that if I was, I would have saw coming based on, you know, the lore and everything. But it, for for me, just watching it on screen like I am, 
it, it is kind of a, a, a welcome surprise and, and just interesting to see that they would, you know, treat his character this way and, you know, let him evolve in that direction, which seems like such a departure from, you know, kind of the original. I, I don't see it necessarily goofy. I mean, they, there are some goofy things in there. I see it almost as awkward. Like he has always been an awkward character, whether yes. it's it's because of, you know, his anger and what he knows comes from that. Um, even the even the point when, you know, they're on the helicarrier and and he's just kind of aimlessly walking around the flight deck, yeah. you know, yeah. or even as, you know, even as he, you know, when the first time when uh, uh, when Nat's talking to him and, you know, and all that, like there, there is a bit of awkwardness there. And then it kind of just gets a little more awkward as he, he really is kind of just trying to find his way through this. And mm-hmm. now it's kind of turned into a little bit more goofiness, but I, I still feel like the basis of that is awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my point. No, I see it. I see. It. All right. So what do we got? Uh, what do we got coming up here? Now we've got a whole bunch of TV shows coming up. Oh my goodness! Phase four is in the rearview mirror. We now enter into the realm of phase five, specifically the television shows that will comprise phase five on the plus. Yeah. Uh, so we start with uh, what if season two in early twenty twenty three. Well, that's going to be interesting. The funny thing is, so now we're getting we're kind of getting into uh, Tharby monsters here territory because once we get through the first one or two of these, really, there's not a whole lot of details, and even I don't even think there's really that much detail on what if I haven't seen. No, no, Jack just that it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I'm <laughs> after the first season of what if I was like ready for more right then. Uh, I, I well, think that was a very the tail interesting end of that concept. was was really kind of interesting right i mean we we basically saw this alternate reality of vision just obliterating everything um you know or at least you know um ultron's version of vision um Mm -hmm. or i shouldn't say vision it was ultron but but yeah seeing ultron kind of achieve what he was doing and into the lengths he went to um and then making the watcher kind of part of you, you know now now part of the narrative as opposed to being just or Sorry, is he the observer or the watcher? I'm forgetting. No, it's the watcher. And it's then the all watcher. of a sudden, you know, he, he people start noticing him. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, right, <laughs> that, right. It's like, what's great. going on? Um, yeah, so I'm curious with with season two. I mean, you know, the, the, the general theme of it, I, I can see doing multiple seasons on because you can explore different permutations. I'm just curious now that the watcher is kind of part of the narrative how do they move that forward? Because, you know, of course he can go back to being kind of the, you know, observer from, from afar sort of thing, but we all know now he can get involved. And so what does that mean? And do we, do we ever get any kind of, you know, closure to the alternate version of Killmonger and, you know, what, whatever's going on with, with, you know, the shell of Ultron that is, you know, still kind of battling in that pocket universe at the end of that episode. You know, I mean, they're, they're still, yeah. that's still kind of a loose thread that's out there. Um, yep. So kind of curious if they're going to touch on that or if they're just going to kind of go a whole new route with different, you know, like maybe do what they did in season one, which is have a set of stories around heroes we're familiar with and, you know, kind of put in, you know, some very different situations and then, you know, kind of come back to that and, and get the watcher involved again. You know, I'm, I'm not really sure, but I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it. And I thought, um, you know, I, I thought that season one was a great go around. I, I found it very interesting and, you know, I'm curious to see what they do next. Indeed. I, 
Agree completely. All right. Next one is Secret Invasion, which uh, will star Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn reprising their roles as Nick Fury and Talos, respectively, in the spring of 2023. Uh, this was kind of teed up in uh, Captain Marvel, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, with uh, Nick Fury kind of being on a spaceship, I think, at the end of the movie. And uh, uh, yeah. So what are your thoughts, sir? It's going to be interesting um, because the way that uh, the little write up on this was basically uh, what's her face? Um, Colby Smulders. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, was at Comic-Con and they, you know, the idea being that she's been trying to get in touch with Nick Fury because he's been off planet for years and basically has been ignoring her. And now he has to come back. It'll be very interesting to see how that's explained. Um, how, how yeah. Nick Fury has kind of, justified being away from all this and what that means for his character um and and whether or not they're kind of working fury out of the mcu in some ways uh i don't know but but i that'll be that'll be interesting and it'll also be very interesting considering that you have this entire thing happening with scrolls who can be anybody and so almost like with what if there's a whole lot of things that are on the table yeah, that you could do, and then just be like, "Oh no, hey, it's a scroll!" Like, "Whoa, that was some jacked up stuff." Yeah. Um. So I'm psyched for that. I'm 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 very psyched for that. I I don't I don't know much about the comics run mm-hmm. uh, of this storyline, so I'm kind of going into it blind, and I have not had a chance as of yet to research it. I probably will before that begins, but uh, already I'm. I mean, hey, you have Ben Mendelsohn and uh, Sam Jackson. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. No doubt. Just to play devil's advocate, though. um, So I'm looking forward to the show. The the devil's advocate is not about the show itself. But just want to ask you, uh, because I I thought about this when when the scrolls, you know, were kind of introduced. And it was in Captain Marvel, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So do you have an issue with, and and I'll call it this, you know, just bear with me, the gimmick of the scrolls? Because... It seems to me at the end of the day, it's kind of like, it's almost like time travel and Star Trek, right? You know, they, they lean on it when they need to. And it feels like the scrolls, you know, they haven't done this yet. And I hope they don't do this, but the fact that they could be anyone, right? Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with it? Like, it just seems oh, like no, totally I, I, the, and I the gimmick think... du jour that they could whip out on a moment's notice. And you're like, oh, seriously? You know what I mean? Like, I just I hope they don't abuse it is what I'm trying to say. Well, I think that's why we kind of got a hint of it. You know, you get the, the characters introduced in Captain Marvel. You get a hint of the fact that, oh, and it ain't been Fury this entire time. It's been someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's really all that it's been. I think they've been saving it for this. And I think that the resolution from Secret Invasion will be that either scrolls kind of go away or it's it's different. Like that won't be a continuing gimmick. I don't see that as something they'll they'll continue to go back to the well on. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, it, it, it would, uh, you know, it would definitely diminish the returns after a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah, agreed. 
All right. Uh, next one is, and, and I found this one interesting because I didn't realize they were going to create a spinoff. Um, but, uh, you know, hot off of Hawkeye, uh, we're going to have the character of Echo. So following the events of Hawkeye, Maya Lopez's ruthless behavior in New York City catches up with her in her hometown. And this will be on the plus uh, next summer of 2023. What say you, sir? This is an interesting choice. I was I'm not familiar with this character uh, because, mm-hmm. again, I mean, I, it, I'm not some sort of, you know, comic book expert that can go 18 levels deep on More so Marvel or DC. But I'm not familiar with the character of Echo. And I was kind of shocked that this was going to be the I would have figured we would have gotten Kate Bishop yeah, in her own series or something before we got Echo. That seems a little weird to me, which is intriguing because it means that somebody somewhere had a good enough story that Feige's like, yeah, let's invest, you know, six or eight episodes in that. And we're going to put that on the plus, you know, in this slot. Yeah. So I'm intrigued in that way. Because whether or not you, you love or you loathe the plus shows so far and there's a lot of people out there who just it's like a, a a sport to them you know a major hobby of just slagging on the disney plus shows um i think they've all had some very interesting stories you know you can argue whether they've they've achieved their goals and all that but i think that they've they have not exactly been lazy in the way they've told these stories like they've been kind of ambitious and uh and that's good so I'm kind of curious what this one's going to be because I, I, you know, that description doesn't tell you a whole lot. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I am, my curiosity is peaked. Let's say. It seems like an interesting, and I'll call it this. It seems like an interesting platform to, and, and you just mentioned Kate Bishop also seems like a good platform to, again, revisit Flow Flow. Um, could be, yep. A, as a means, like, you know, I could see Echo, uh, and, and again, I don't know much about the Thunderbolts, but and we'll get to it later on. That's going to be an actual movie. But it would be an interesting platform or vehicle to continue to cultivate these characters in the direction of moving towards the Thunderbolts movie, which is essentially, yes. it seems like going to be I and and I don't want to make this comparison because I know it won't be 100% equivalent but I think you know where I'm going. It seems like Thunderbolts is shaping up to be like in some ways DC Suicide Squad, right? It's going to be a collection of bad people to go do something that is somehow for the greater good, right? Yeah, that's kind of the impression I get. I'm probably overgeneralizing. It's not probably even going to be close to the same thing, but the general idea of getting a collection of what would be considered morally right evil people, um, you know, and and having them kind of band together and work together for the greater good seems to be the direction we're going in. Now, not that you know, in Hawkeye, we we got a view into the Maya Lopez character a little bit, um, and and one thing Marvel does very well is they show the nuances of people who appear to be villains, you know, um, even with Thanos, right. We even got nuanced view of him, um, outright madman, But at the same time, you, you got an understanding of why he kind of came to the line of thinking that he did, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, 
as misguided as it was and how wrong as it was, they at least spend the time to kind of have you understand why a villain comes to the place they come to mm-hmm. and, and why they arrive at the thinking. And sometimes in their minds, they are the hero, even though to everyone else, they're going in a very wrong direction. And so with Echo, I'm just curious if, you know, we're going to see a little bit more from them, not so much building up the vil- the, the villainous side of them, but just kind of the, the natural evolution of where, you know, kind of they're moving in to build toward what is essentially this like anti-Avengers group called the Thunderbolts. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, I think it's, I don't, I'll do a real jabroni on it. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I just feel like I'm so like this one kind of came out of the blue. I really didn't see this coming, so I'm not sure. And, but you know, again, I feel like if, if they're willing to put that kind of time and effort behind it, mm-hmm. all right, I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a watch. Yep, we'll yep. see. All right, as we plow through the Phase Five TV shows, uh, I, I don't want to call this the main event, but if if I was if I was booking a pay per view, I think this would be the main event. Uh, Loki season two, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. uh, and and I love the description uh, from the article. Um, let me find the source so we uh, give credit where credit is due. Uh, and Uncle Todd provided this. This is from um, Mar- well, from Marvel.com. There you have it. Yeah. Um, but, right uh, from the horse's mouth. Right from the horse's mouth. Variants assemble. Uh, Loki season two uh, will arrive summer of 2023 on the plus. Uh, so, yeah, what say you, sir? I'm in. I mean, let's just face it. I, I was... I was down with Loki right from the get go. I think it's it was a great you know series. I'm looking forward to season two. I got no idea where the hell you go at this point. Um, that's where which, I was going to go. Is is what direction? Yeah, right? which that's. But I like that. I like the idea that it is just going to be weird and chaotic, and who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm down for that because we r- really had no idea what we were going to get with with Loki to start out with, like it was yeah. delightfully baffling, I think was one of the ways that we described it. And I'm all down. I, I, I don't, I don't even know if I want to f- try and figure out what's going to happen in Loki season two. Of course, as soon as we see a trailer for it, then, you know, I'll be sitting in a corner drooling and counting down the days, but you know, that's just my life. Well, and, and the funny thing is where do you go when you leave your two main characters, Loki and Sylvie at the end of time? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, where or sorry, Loki we know got jumped into some sort of multiversal timeline now because he's he's back at the I'm, for, I'm forgetting the name of it already because the it's time here. variance authority. Yes, the yeah the the TVA he's back at the TVA, but it is clearly a TVA that is influenced by Kang because we see the big gold statue of him. Mm. Um, we don't That's know where Sylvie is. Yeah, yeah, like we don't know where Sylvie is. So yeah, it's gonna be kind of curious and. You know, I, I'm also wondering at what point are we going to run out of, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is for it, but we're going to run out of road for the Loki character itself. Like I thought season one did a great job kind of developing him further because it, it you know, there, there were those 
you know, heartbreaking scenes where he's like watching his life, you know, happen before him when, you know, when he's, you know, killed and everything. And, you know, as a variant, he's seeing, you know, kind of what, what his life ended up being and that he never really Mm -hmm. kind of attained what he was looking for. And I'm just wondering like, where are they ultimately going with it? Is it, is this really going to be a him coming to peace because, he, you know, he and Sylvie finally find kind of love together and, and, and kind of a weird way he falls in love with himself. Um, or well, a version that'd be of a very Loki thing to do. I mean, we, would I think we discussed that. Um, but, but I'm wondering when we're going to kind of run out of road for that. You know what I mean? Like there's like, like, I feel like there is character development, but you, you come to the end at some point with it. And there was a lot done with him during phases one through three, uh and loki season one did a great job i'm just kind of curious where you go from there you know like is is the focus going to be more on you know moving forward the the multiversal saga piece of it or is it going to also kind of develop him um i'm just kind of yeah like like it's like like you said it it's a welcome thing to not be able to predict where it's going because it means you're going to be on the journey kind of seeing it and experiencing it and not being able to predict it. And that's always fun. Yeah. That's, that's what has me excited about it. I I'm, I have no idea where you go with this and that's what makes yep. it truly interesting to me. Cause I, as someone who likes to, you know, do the whole inside baseball thing and think, Oh, well, this is what would make sense for the character. And this, I got nothing. Yeah. And I've, I've, I mean, I can't say that I've sat around, you know, awake at nights thinking of this, but I've put a little bit of thought into it. I got nothing. I don't know yeah. where you go. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see what'll, what'll happen next. Nice. And All actually, right, remember, one. you remember, uh, I can't remember, was it Star Trek Generations where Kirk is there oh no it was uh uh it was the one where him and McCoy were on the prison planet and he ends up I think it was like a wasn't it Iman like David Yeah that, that was wife. undiscovered country. Yeah 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 and and he ends up making out with her and then at, at one point like she turns into him Yes. And, and, and he's like, I can't believe I kissed you. And, and he says something like, you know, that it was your it was your you know wish come true or something <laughs> like that. Like, that's how I look like Sylvie and Loki, like Loki falling in, self, in love with himself. Like, yes, that would be that would be like the match made in heaven for Loki. Really? Yes. yes. How it was always meant to be. And actually, Loki should crib a line from that movie when uh, at the end you have an arrogant Kirk saying, once again, we've saved civilization as we know it. Yes. <laughs> That would actually be great. <laughs> that would be a very Loki thing to say. <laughs> I want Hiddleston's delivery on that. That would be very interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving right along. Ironheart, uh, where the yes. description says, meet Riri Williams. Uh, first, we will see, so a little bit of a spoiler. First, we're going to see the character in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and then in her own solo series, arriving fall of 2023 on the Plus. Uh, don't really have much more detail around it. I don't know if the iron part in there has anything to do with Iron Man, but uh, what are your understandings or thoughts on this, sir? Well, so we did we did discuss this before, but there's we have discussed so much, and you have had so much first class food and bourbon that I'm. It doesn't surprise me that you don't remember. Um, so <laughs> you said that will do that to you. Loki, uh, you know, season two is kind of the main event. This is actually the main event for me. I am 
as excited as I am for Loki, you know, season two, I'm more excited for Ironheart. I, and I don't know why I didn't read any of the comics. I don't know. I just I love the concept. And the concept is essentially Riri is um, Riri Williams is kind of a different Tony Stark. Uh, ah. She is uh, younger, you know, genius level and is going to MIT like in her, you know, mid teens and in her dorm room, she builds her own Iron Man armor because she's oh, just that stinking smart. So she builds her own armor. And then in the in the comics, I believe, uh, if I'm re- if I'm remembering this right, basically Tony Stark kind of takes her under a wing, and and the AI in her suit is actually a ver- is a a version of Tony Stark. So it's like Tony is with is is her AI in the suit, and we talked ah, about this before. And I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if would this be like the thing that would lure Robert Downey Jr. back to the Marvel universe to be like, hey, you remember how Paul Bettany just had to do like couple days worth of recording Mm -hmm. what do you say you know like and would that be the kind of thing where he's like you know what that'd be kind of cool you know and just come back as as an ai for you know riri's suit now nice probably never happened but it would be kind of a a fun thing um i'm excited for this just because again i i think this would be a great you know a great wild card and it kind of takes us more in yeah. the direction of young Avengers and all that stuff, which I, I think is really cool. We've already got Miss Marvel heading in that direction. <laughs> well, all and, these and, things. And, uh, and, I just, and maybe, I, I just like this, the, the concept of this character. And, and maybe black Panther too, will will fill in this gap a little bit, but there is a bit of a tech gap going on in Marvel right now. Like now that Tony is no longer, you know, kind of a, a thing, uh, yeah. you know, Spider-Man filled it a little bit, um, you know, with, with uh, far from home, um, you know, cause at least for the time being, you know, Peter Parker was kind of acting as Tony Stark, but after no way home, you know, that kind of radically changed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it'll be interesting to have, you know, this character kind of take on that mantle and kind of carry it forward. Um, but yeah, other than that, I really don't have any point of reference on it. So I'm just, I'm just more curious than anything. I mean, we got some wicked smart people, you know, represented in this in this uh you know phase and then coming up in the next phase because if you think mm-hmm. about it you've already got shuri who is you know in the comics and in the movies is one of the more you know inventive intelligent uh you know characters around yes uh you yep. know w- with a tech that that wakanda is working with then you have riri who essentially you know built this out of scraps, you know, as uh, Obadiah Stane would have said. Um, except it wasn't a cave. It was a dorm room. So, you know, whatever. There's probably a Harry Styles poster in there somewhere, even though I don't know who the hell Harry Styles is. Um, oh, a little reference man. to the pre-pre-production meeting right there. You see Indeed. How I did that? Well um, noted. Noted, sir. And then coming up, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we've got Fantastic Four coming with Reed Richards, who is, you know widely guard is one of the smartest characters in all the Marvel universe. So you've got yeah. all these really wicked smart people showing up, uh, which should make things very interesting, especially considering who they're going up against, which is Kang, who is, you know, in and of himself of a, a wicked, wicked, pretty smart, pretty smart cookie. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this and, uh, I think it'll be, be very, very interesting. 
Excellent. Uh, next, we have Agatha, Coven of Chaos. So we, we talked about this yes. a couple episodes ago on the Weekend Geek, but we did not have a tagline to this, and now we do. So it is not just the Agatha Harkness show. It is Agatha, Coven of Chaos. So the description reads, who's been messing up everything? Ah, you know the rest. Find out what she's been Agatha up to in Agatha, Coven long. of Chaos, arriving winter 2023 on the Plus. Dude, I'm so in the bag for more Catherine Hahn. It's mm-hmm. just, yes. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to go all Ron Swanson. Yes, please. And thank you. Yes. And, and it'll be curious to see how they kind of frame the story because I can see it going, you know, kind of into her past since we saw a little bit of that in WandaVision. Um, curious if it kind of tells her story from, you know, the last time we saw her through, you know, events that, that have transpired in the Marvel universe since then. And then just kind of where it all goes from there. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So just just a very welcome uh, addition in the winter of 2023. That'll be wonderful viewing for the Christmas time of year that it will be. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Oh. Now we got to get Frank in there. Little Frankie. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells. Pour me you've another jack. I was going to say, you've. <laughs> You've had way too much bourbon at this point. All right. Uh, next <laughs> up, sir. One. Yes, sir. Uh, last one is De- Daredevil Born Again. Uh, description reads, the man without fear returns with both Charlie Cox and Vincent De- uh, De- D'Onofrio. Thank you. Reprising their roles as Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk, respectively. The original series arrives spring 2024 on the This is interesting because this is the first... This is the first time we're going to get, I believe, anyone from like the Netflix Marvel universe crossing over back. In, well, no, actually, no, because Vincent D'Onofrio would be the first. But I mean, this is the first like. Well, no, actually. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a sh- Yes. OK. So anyways, this is the first time we're getting characters from that universe kind of into this universe properly. And it's coming from Daredevil. We already saw Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in uh, in Hawkeye, which was great. Um, and then, of course, we got you know Charlie Cox in uh, No Way Home. And the interesting thing here is, I, again, I'm not a big, I was not a big Daredevil fan in terms of my comic reading. Yeah. Um, however, the the Born Again arc has a lot of like Daredevil fans very excited. Uh, the only thing that I've I have not heard is the female lead from the Netflix series who I cannot remember right now. No mention about whether or not she is going to be coming back into this show as well. Uh, but the comments that I've heard is that the way that they've kind of portrayed her character in the, in the past has not lined up with where you would see this, uh, the character in that born again arc. However, I mean, how tied to the continuity of that old, of the Netflix show, are they going to be? Who knows? Um, I'm just glad to, you know, that Daredevil will be there because he is like, it's such a cool concept for a character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, just an an utterly baffling set of things of like, oh yeah, the dude's blind and he uses echolocation and he's he can do all these amazing acrobatic things. Oh, and he's a lawyer. Like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Just it's it just seems kind of all just thrown together but it works so well uh so i'm excited for it i think it'll be really cool and you know obviously we're gonna 
We're at least going to get a quick appearance by Daredevil in She-Hulk, so we'll have mm-hmm. a little teaser there. Nice. What do you think, sir? What do you, What are your thoughts? You know, I, I never watched Daredevil on Netflix uh, when it was out. Um, I know my oldest watched it and really uh, sung its praises. Um, so I'm, you know, kind of curious to kind of go back and watch it in preparation for this. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see the character get introduced um, or not introduced, but I guess reintroduced, brought back. Um, and, and, you know, I, I have no concept of the comic, you know, this is definitely getting into territory that I have no knowledge of. So, uh, so all of this will be new material for me and, and I'm curious to, to kind of watch and see what happens. So, uh, but, but I'm excited they're, they're bringing the character in. I think it's great, you know, that they're, I'm glad to see they're not taking kind of the Vince McMahon approach where, uh, you know, if, if you're from WCW, you have to be repackaged into some character that is brand new, um, you know, and, and, and we pretend like that never happened sort of thing. Um, I'm glad to see that they're just, you know, taking properties that were originally kind of worked with before and just kind of, you know, taking the actors, um, you know, kind of like what we saw in No Way Home, you know, bringing in Andrew Garfield, bringing in Tobey Maguire and and just kind of leveraging the, the history that has already happened uh, in, in film and, and just kind of, you know, running with it and stuff, I think is, is just great that they've embraced that. I think, uh, that probably does more good, good than, than anything. Um, and, and I, I'm excited to see what they do with, with these two characters coming back, uh, you know, with, with Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, um, uh, and, and, you know, just what stories they tell. I think it'll be, uh, excellent, uh, as part of the phase five, uh, content. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, so, Phase Five movies. Uh, first one's gonna be Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Wow, that's a lot of like M's. There is a lot of M's, and I don't <laughs> quite understand the the description. The world's greatest grandma. That's Scott Lang. I don't get yeah. that, but whatever. And the rest of the Ant Fam meet their greatest foe yet, Kang. So they're not making any mistake about what's going to be the primary villain. No. It shall be Kang, and it will be in theaters February 17th of 2023. Is it just me, or does it seem like this is a really weird place to be like, you know what? This is where Kang comes in. Am I, I just feel like I'm missing something. Like, yeah. is it just me or is this just have kind of a weird vibe of like, yes, Kang's Ant-Man to take on Kang. Like, oh, well, Ant-Man I, and the Wasp. But I mean, still, sure. like, huh? Well, and, and you know, one thing that's kind of curious about this is, not trying to read too much into this, but if you look at the rest of Phase 5 and going into Phase 6, you don't hear much about Ant-Man. No. Which so, I mean, I'm I'm guessing I'm maybe he'll if this is show gonna up. be yeah. I'm wondering if this is gonna be kind of a like I'm not saying they're gonna wipe out everything pertaining to Ant Man, but I'm wondering if they're going to est- like establish the ruthlessness of Kang in this movie. I don't know. I mean, it could be. I don't see him wiping out Ant Man. I mean, maybe, but um, it does feel like with some of the one of the movies that we'll talk about in a little bit here, uh, they're kind of talking about how there's there's these three movie arcs, and then that's kind of the end of the story. I don't know. Maybe this is like the end of this Ant Man story. Or maybe maybe they do kill off Scott Lang. I don't. It would seem really weird to do that. I. But then again, I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, it would seem that you know Kang being 
the level of villain that he is. And and let's let's be clear, in the comics, Kang at one point actually just like takes out Thanos without breaking a sweat. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're talking about a, a serious, like badass villain here. Yeah. It would be really weird if Ant Man and the Wasp managed to by themselves hold him at bay. So maybe that maybe you're onto something there, sir. Maybe this is the uh the beginning of the uh the bloody bill that if, will be if, rung if up by Kang. If you're build a monster heel, right? You you yep. you've got to sacrifice him. you got to sacrifice some some baby faces of value. Right? What you mean you can't just keep feeding them jobbers like you like you do with Goldberg and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just like feed him Hugh Morris like five or six times, uh, you know, every month and go, see, imagine that. Little William Regal to throw a wrench in everything. Yeah. (laughs) Willie Regal. All right. Moving right along. Yeah. So, so Ant-Man and the Wasp, I mean, you know, not, not much to really say about it because we don't have a whole lot of detail, but it, it, it does raise some interesting questions and it'll be curious, you know, to see when it comes out, like, you know, like I don't see them wiping him out either, but but it just feels like there is they're already giving us that Kang's going to be a part of it. So I think part of the surprise has to be the establishment of 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 him as a villain. You know what I mean? Like we've seen him as this other version, this more you know, a little bit of mad scientist, a little bit of you know happy go lucky version of himself as he who remains, but he talks about there are much worse versions of himself and mm. I'm wondering if this will reveal that not that it means the end of Scott, but I wonder if it leaves him in the wasp in kind of a, a bind of sorts, you know, maybe in the quantum realm or something like that, that gets resolved later on. But it is curious to see, and, and we don't know, maybe he ends up being part of the Avengers that ends up being, you know, in phase six, the Avengers, you know, Kang dynasty or whatever. But, um, but it does raise some very interesting questions because of the fact that we don't really see any other Ant-Man movies after that. And, and, and what does that mean for, for the character and, and, you know, the surrounding characters around him? So we'll have to see. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, I'm, I'm always down for a good origin story, even if it's for the villain. So now also um, keep in mind, I mean, you make excellent points. I'm not trying to, to undercut your points, but we also have, don't have another Thor movie on the docket here. Fair enough. So, I mean, there is a, there is kind of a, there is some breathing room, especially with a number of characters now that they're juggling. It does make sense for some of these to go away because eventually, you know, we're going to get more Shang-Chi. We're going to get more, you know, we're going to get something to do with the Eternals. Uh, I don't think we're going to, Eternals too. I don't think anybody is really um, out picketing Marvel headquarters for that, but we will get mention of these characters, but you know, there's a lot going on to juggle here. So there is judgment to to be rendered. Well, yeah. From the Eternals, I'm saying, you know, there, there is a celestial that is rendering judgment on humanity. So at some point that, that card is going to get played. Yeah. Which uh, there are, there are a lot of, and someone did point this out and I'm like, well, Yeah, there's a lot of people like, oh, well, they've left a lot of things hanging like from, uh, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, where did a ghost go to? And, you know, where is this? What's about this? And what about this? And what about the the eternal that's like sticking half out of the Indian Ocean? And, you know, and, you know, what about the the uh, 
you know, the celestial that's holding the world in judgment. And what about, uh, you know, the black Knight and all this like, okay, fine. You're right. There's a lot of threads hanging. Do you really think they're going to leave them all? I mean, come on, just relax. My gosh. Yep. Again, now it's starting to get really hot in here. I'm getting antsy. (sighs) All right. We'll get through the rest of it. Okay. All right, next one. Uh, let's see. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. So Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot, Drax, Mantis, Nebula, and the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy are back for this cosmic adventure, arriving in theaters May 5th, 2023. Uh, see, now I figured it out. When I start getting hot and sweaty like this, I start channeling Rocket. I think that's, what <laughs> I, I think that's where I'm at right now. I see. Just want to build see. me a big old cannon of some sort. Kind of want I, I kind of view this as almost like uh, Star Trek uh, Three: The Search for Spock. You know, it's going to be the search for um, uh, oh God, what's her name? I'm drawing a blank. Well, so I actually did a little bit of uh, Gamora is the one you're Gamora, talking about. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I I did a little a little reading on this, and apparently, um, so James Gunn has said that, and this is the movie that I was talking about, like three movies, and now we've kind of come to the end of this story arc. And this is going to have a lot to do with uh, Rocket and his origin and how it ties into him as a character uh-huh. and in, in with uh, the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and Gamora is going to be part of it, too, because, you know, Quill is still, you know, reeling from the fact that, hey, you know, this is the woman I love. And now she don't know me no more, you know, which I mean, <laughs> hasn't that happened to all of us at one point or another? You know, it's just a a trans, you know, dimensional, multiversal collision. And, you know, and then your your significant other just plunges is thrown off of a cliff and, you know, <laughs> It's just gone in the soul stone and all. I mean, oh my gosh, if I had a nickel <laughs> for every time. Um, or maybe it was just all the rejection in high school and I'm building all this up in my mind. That's probably actually a much more likely scenario. Anyways, could be. Could be. Um, I think it's going to be rather interesting because I think we're going to get all that tied up. And quite honestly, I, I just need something. To, actually, don't we have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming up or something this uh, year? I believe so. Yeah, th- okay. that wasn't listed in the uh, official Phase 5 canon, so maybe that's just kind of a side thing. But I just uh, need some more. I need a better Guardians content than what the little smidge we got in Love and Thunder because that was a real... Yeah. I felt I felt cheated. That is a, one, of the, one of the very few times with Marvel that I felt cheated where I was like... That was kind of a waste. Oh, you wanted to see a Dave Bautista power bomb is what you were looking for, and you didn't get it. Eh, not so much. I just I, I would have rather seen the characters do something a little bit more than just kind of stand around and like, oh, that was lame. But uh, oh, yeah. uh, but this will be interesting. I'm I mean I've I've had a soft spot for Guardians since the first one. I thought the second one was was pretty damn good too. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. You know, if only for I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I mean, come on. The Rook, ladies and gentlemen, the Rook. And I we're going to get Sly Stallone in this. So, I mean, I'm. I'm we had Wyatt Earp in volume two. True. Oh, I was my waiting gosh. for him to tell. I was waiting for him to tell, uh, you know, Chris Pratt. Come on, skin that smoke wagon and go to work, boy. <laughs> you tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. <laughs> You know, as great of a movie as Tombstone is, there is that one moment when, like, the shootout in the in the river, 
Oh, yeah. Where it's like, no. Where I'm like, okay, really? Do we have to go there? Because you yeah. just, you kind of blew it for me in that moment. I, th- I think Doc sums it up well right after that. Where's Wyatt? He's by the river walking on water. <laughs> Oh, so good. So good. good every doc. every episode, we pretty much almost do, go into like a shot for shot retelling of that movie. We've got to stop. We're, we're, we're going to do an episode on it eventually. We here. are going to do have, an episode on it. And we'll there have won't to be put any meat left in the bone by the time we get there. <laughs> <That's> the <thing. laughs> I know. We're, 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 we're nibbling away every episode at it. There's going to be nothing when we finally get to it. Oh, it's not nibbling. We're picking away at the carcass wholesale right now. Oh, my God. You're gosh. like sucking on one of the wings. Just like. <laughs> I'm chewing on a leg bone. It's it's just it's disgusting at this oh, point. Really just nasty. All right. Just nasty. Yes. Uh, looking forward to it. All right. All right. Uh, so no description on this one. So I, I don't really well have much to say, but the Marvels is coming July 2023. Uh, so Captain Marvel and I'm assuming Miss Marvel among uh, and yes. then I'm assuming Monica Rochambeau will be uh, uh, working into that as well. Um, one can only hope we get Photon. I, I, am, I was going to say as the inevitable yeah. Photon. I, love that I mean, we that that's another one of those threads threads that is hanging right now that you're mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we ain't heard about you know sword we hadn't heard about you know monica none of mm-hmm. this and yep. again that that wasn't that long ago <laughs> it's just yep. because again covid and you know the world going topsy-turvy uh and analyzing this stuff within an inch of its life uh yes. but it, it does feel like an eternity since that's happened uh so yeah I, what i thought was very interesting was um and again dude you got to watch miss marvel i i think you would really enjoy it but uh and i oh my gosh i'm gonna blame the plus yeah you you blame everything um i so i think that's i i'm hoping i pronounced her name right because she's she was fantastic as as kamala khan as miss marvel and uh she was quoted as saying like at one point she thought like oh yeah so i'm miss marvel so i guess i'll be in captain marvel 2 you know like it's mm-hmm. you know this is not giving away too many secrets but i mean you know miss marvel has a has a real big fandom you know crush on on captain marvel and uh she was like i, I just figured i would be you know it'd be kind of a cameo and she's like no i'm actually like it's like co-star like i'm in the movie and i'm like damn okay so that's kind of cool um and and you know I'm I'm excited for this because I I really do I'm curious to see how how those two characters coexist and play together and again because there's and I can't say anything once again I'm being coy for all of our listeners who are like how come you just don't say it because this guy over here has spent too much damn time in first class and not watching his homework <laughs> so we can't talk about Miss Marvel love it. Um, but again, there's a couple things that happen in that finale that make you go, what? Um, so I'm, I'm very interested on the, in that respect. Nice. Nice. All right. We move from the summer of 2023 into November. So uh, this November, we have Black Panther. Next November, we get Blade. Oh, Mar- it's, it's and okay. I don't know if I'll say the name right here. Mahershala, Mahershala Ali stars in the upcoming movie and it will be in theaters november 3rd 2023 i believe we got an allusion to this in a post-credit scene of the eternals did we not no that was black knight 
Or okay, because I thought there was a implication that Blade was there. There was a voice off screen when he when he opened up the the container or whatever it was that had the sword in it, and I thought there was a voice, and that was supposed oh. to have been Blade. You know what? I'm just. I think you might be right. Yeah, first class that, my friend. <laughs> oh, now I'll never hear the end of it. I'm excited for this. I, I, you know, like Blade One, uh, Wesley Snipes Blade, yes. really kind of the OG comic oh, book yeah. movie. If you go, if you go back, um, mm-hmm. in terms of, I really, I think it might have even preceded Fantastic Four. I mean, really kind of the modern, the way that we kind of see modern comic book movies really was kind of X-Men. I kind of look at that as like the turning point because Fantastic Four was yeah. kind of like the the chrysalis of that. Like it wasn't quite there. And X-Men, the first one was really like, whoa, OK, this is this is the thing now, uh, mostly because, of course, you had like proper actors, not that, you know, Michael Chiklis and Jessica Alba and. Um, oh, oh my gosh! Uh, damn it, Chris Evans, uh, version oh, yes. one one point weren't proper actors, but I mean, you had Sir Patrick Stewart showing up in X Men, which is like, oh, well, <laughs> okay, and and Sir Ian McKellen, that's kind of heavy duty stuff. Um, but Blade was around for a while, and uh, I enjoyed the first movie. The, they kind of the, the other two were diminishing returns, certainly. Um, so I'm anxious for this one. I, I, it's such an interesting concept of of a guy who hunts vampires who's actually kind of part vampire. Um, I'm, I think this will be a, a very interesting uh, way to kind of incorporate, kind of lean a little bit more into the horror aspect of the MCU that uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness kind of started out. Uh, so this will be rather interesting for me. Agreed. All right, we move from Blade into May of 2024, Captain America. And I love uh, the the byline on this one, New World Order. Mm. Very foreboding. But Sam Wilson is the new man with a plan arriving in theaters May 3rd, 2024. So, uh, you know, not a whole lot of detail. And quite honestly, at this part of Phase 5, it's really going to be interesting to kind of, you know, predict what this is about, where this is going. And, and you know, quite honestly, how does Captain America fit into the multiverse? Three words. We're taking over. Um, uh, uh. So, um, you know, I could see this being a bit of a play off of just the fallout from, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because you're dealing yeah. with, you know, kind of those elements and. Honestly, that is a that is something that we another thread that we have not seen that was they they definitely left that one hanging of like okay what are the political and and kind of humanitarian fallout from the snap and and the re snap and all that it's like you know how does how does all this work um, and and also of course we are going to get the bionic chin back in on this ah um, yes but man I am I'm just excited to see more Sam Wilson as Cap. I really am. Oh yeah. I, I, oh yeah. I'm. I'm. I, I love me some OG Chris Evans cap, but I, you know, it's now time to take that the next step. I would. I would even like to see maybe some references back to. Oh my gosh, what was his name? Um, 
the the OG OG captain of you know super soldier that the they went and visited in, in Maryland. I can't remember his name. Oh oh um is it was oh, shoot yeah Ezekiel yeah, exactly uh I think so I gosh I can't I'd have to look it up and I'm not gonna I don't do it remember. right now shoot um but yeah well I mean y- y'all know who we're talking about and uh it would be interesting to see some reference there and and maybe a little bit of I don't know I I, I again like you say it's it's really far out to speculate because we're gonna have to see how things fit together before but i'm excited for it i'm excited to to see what what kind of world captain america is going to dwell in and and kind of how like you say like you don't know how it's going to fit in i'm excited to see how that's because again it's another yeah it's another question i don't have a good answer for none whatsoever like how does he fit in beats the hell out of me it's gonna be fun yep. to watch yeah Agreed. Um, yep. I'm sorry. Now I'm now I'm bothered by the fact that I couldn't answer this. <laughs> I'm going to find I, it. Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah. Well, Isaiah you know another Bradley. another biblical name. You you had Ezekiel. You had Isaiah. That's you know, right. That's perhaps right. A, another prophet, if you know, of some kind. <laughs> and speaking of prophets. Yes. Is, this has nothing to do with prophets. Uh, the Thunderbolts is the <laughs> final wow. movie. In phase yes. five, I I take a special bit of pride in this because uh, we here at Free you Range had nothing DC nothing to do with the flick. Why are you taking? How are you taking in, pride in, in it? Early early days of real and jabroni, we uh, at the at, I believe it was for Captain or sorry uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, now mm-hmm. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we talked about the Thunderbolts. And and a potential uh, appearance of of theirs uh, in that show, and uh-huh. rather than getting that, we did get the 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 very early beginnings of it because I believe Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, uh, who I'm forgetting her name, something well, she's got Baroness like eight, yeah, Constantino, she's got like eight names. Velociraptor, um, something like is, that, yeah. <laughs> is uh putting together a squad of sorts and stirring the pot yes and so uh i i believe on the on the poster for this uh we we have the bionic chin uh we have oh yeah uh zemo we have uh just a lot of uh characters who have been you know potential villains in the past uh, who have you know maybe changed their ways a little bit? I think flow flow is part of this. Well, it's uh, it's not so much. I mean, they're villains certainly, but I I would lend it to more of a people of dubious moral character. There we go. There we go. <laughs> they they tend to Coming wander. Get- their their moral compass tends to wander a little bit. You it know? does. It does. And, and that Zemo's ways, one hell of a dancer. So oh, it's our, it's I, I hope we given. get a little more Zemo dancing. <laughs> all right uh but they are coming july 26 there's so many people who listen to this right now like they're, they're so old What's wrong with them? never gonna give you up no never mind oh, uh, <laughs> hear that song turn like freaking 35 or something like that something absurd like that oh my like, gosh oh, that's been like 25 it couldn't be 30 could it no it has oh. to be 35 all right, we're almost two hours here. We gotta wrap this up. All right, uh, phase five will end with the Thunderbolts. Phase six will start with. Uh, so we do have confirmation there will be a Fantastic Four movie, mm-hmm. and uh, 
The description, it reads, Marvel's first family arrives in theaters November 8th, 2024. Production kicks off next year for the feature film that introduce, introduces Marvel's most iconic family. Um, this one's interesting only because we've seen two iterations of this happen and it's not been great and really curious to see if they finally figure out the secret sauce to making this a uh, compelling and and popular and an accepted movie. Um, you know, not to slight pri- the, the, the prior work of, of uh, you know, Michael Chiklis and Chris Evans and so forth, but, um, you know, the, the, the original outing, it seems like, and we've talked about this before, it seems like Fantastic Four is kind of a cursed franchise in a way. It just it never seems to kind of get done in a way that locks in with the audience. And so I'm just kind of curious how they're going to go with that. And, you know, are, are we going to see John, you know, Rosinski as, uh, uh, as, as, uh, you know, re- reprising his character from, from Dr. Strange, Reed Richards, um, or are we going to see someone different, um, un- unclear at this time? Uh, but, uh, I think just the fact that they're going to do that movie as, uh, is, is going to be exciting. Um, you sir are a bit more well steeped in fantastic Fordham than I am. So what are your thoughts? I mean, it is a little snake bitten for sure. Uh, just because, again, one of the I think one of the first properties that Marvel sold the movie rights to, and then of course there was that uh, early '90s or late '80s, like made-for-TV uh, made quality movie that. Uh, oh my gosh, what was the director? crap it's eluding me right now but he was he was an infamous b b movie director and he was brought in to essentially make a movie that no one would ever see so that the the studio could say hey see we made a movie we ain't showing it to anybody but we made a movie and so they could keep the rights because that's how most of these deals work like if you don't if you don't use it you lose it after a certain period of time so they did that and then of course they had the first fantastic four movie which had jessica alba um the dude playing reed richards whose name i always goof up michael chiklis chris evans like you were saying and then that dude from nip tuck played dr doom um and the thing is like by standards today it sucked like if you want to judge it on marvel movies now yeah it sucked at the time though it was a perfectly acceptable movie like it was it was kind of what comic book movies were like at that time it was a it was very much a product of its time and it didn't age well i mean like two years afterwards it didn't age very well yeah yeah um and then of course we won't even talk about fan four stick because that was just like an abomination that we all just need to collectively forget ever happened a movie with a movie com- uh, I, I will give it credit like it was very experimental in the fact that someone asked the question like hey what would happen if there was no third act to the movie and the movie just fracking ended Okay, I mean, uh, for a student film, great exercise. A uh, multi-million dollar studio tentpole movie, I don't know if I'd do that, you know? Um, and I'm pretty sure most people who are associated with that movie are now yeah. working other jobs. And thankfully so, in much the same mm-hmm. way that, uh, who was a, there was a comedian who once said, you know, I worry sometimes that the person who thought of Muzak is thinking of other things. Yeah. Same yeah. sort of thing. Like, yeah. the, you should probably not make any more movies, ever. Yeah. Um, so I'm anxious for this one. I would, you know, I was excited for the idea of John Krasinski being Reed Richards, partly because he kind of seemed excited about it, but also because there was the rumor that if he did it, then Emily Blunt would be, um, 
Sue Storm or mm. Sue Richards, which I was excited more for that than I was for John Krasinski. But um, yep. I don't. It, it kind of sounds like that isn't going to happen. Sort of like Patrick Stewart being a one-off as <sighs> Professor X that John Krasinski was a, a one-off in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all going to depend on the cast. It's all going to depend on the story. Yep. And for the life of me, I can't figure out who you get to play who. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. why some of the, the casting has been so, has been the rumor. Because, of course, it, it is very, very important like to get these four characters. Like They yeah. have to have good chemistry together. And that was one of the things like with the original Fantastic Four movie. They had a little bit of chemistry, but it didn't really feel like great chemistry. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you really want them to have some good chemistry. Um, and who do you do that? I, I don't know. Um, to me, if you want to make a great Fantastic Four movie, the best thing you could do right now is throw a whole bunch of money at Brad Bird and be like, dude, you already made a great Fantastic Four movie. It was called The Incredibles. It was animated, sure, but you want to come work a little magic over here? You know, you already worked with like something that was owned by Disney. Like, come on down. How much do you want? Um, He's directed live action so he can do it. And I don't know. It's I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Although at this point it's so far out, I'm just anxious to see fantastic four because that was one Mm -hmm. of my books that I, I read and that I enjoyed. And those were characters that I, I kind of felt like I knew a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I'm anxious to see how it all works out. I have no idea like casting wise, you know, what would work best. I don't know, but I'm anxious to see how they do it. Yep. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if they can work their magic. If they could do it for guardians of the galaxy, I think they can do it for fantastic four. Yes. All right. And, uh, really, you know, phase six is kind of a actually light. Um, so I don't know if we're going to get a few more movies announced later on or not, but um, totally do. There's, there's going to be more. This was just like kind of, they knew they had to throw an Avengers, and they knew they had to at least give us a hint of where Fantastic, because they've been talking about Fantastic yeah. Four for a while. Yes, you know? yes, and and you know you alluded to the X Men. We we did not see any uh, announcement on X Men, so maybe that is a secret, you know, kind of surprise coming for next year's Comic Con uh, as an update to Phase Six. But for for now, and I'll just kind of cover them in tandem because they're both Avengers movies. But we have Avengers: The Kang Dynasty. Which uh, the description reads, and, and this is kind of funny because, quite honestly, I, I feel like this is boilerplate for any movie. Phase six of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not that part. Uh, phase six of the Marvel Cinematic Universe promises compelling storytelling and continues in theaters May 2nd, 2025. Well, yeah. I would like in to think words, any movie strives for compelling te- storytelling, but yeah. uh, nonetheless, uh, the Kang Dynasty. So that'll be interesting. Uh, and then the other Avengers movie is Secret Wars, uh, Marvel Studios' signature style of adventure in theaters November 7th, 2025. So this is three years out uh, from where we are right now, but two Avengers movies back to back. Kind of curious, um, you know, the relationship between the two of them, if there is one, because Secret Wars sounds to be something a little bit off the beaten path of Kang, but um you know, so I don't know that they're going to resolve Kang in one movie, but uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on these two kind of being the uh, tent poles of phase six? I mean, who knows? 
quite honestly, who knows? We need to see at least some of what leads up to this. Secret Wars, uh, I do know, was a uh, was a story line in the books. So there's, you know, there's info to to draft off of there. I don't know if the Kang Dynasty was. I'm I'm sure again, sort of like uh, Secret Invasion. I will research these, but when we get closer. But the other thing is, you can't take any of this just as gospel and 100 percent that they're going to take it. Oh, I'm gonna we're going to transpose this one for one into the movies because they really haven't done that with anything. And they've in some cases they've mashed up stuff. They've picked and they picked and chose what they're going to show us and what they're not going to show us. So who knows? I mean, there's great source material there for them to utilize. I don't know how they're going to use it because it's going to be informed by all this stuff that we just talked about. Um, and then, of course, you also have the the wild card of, okay, where are we going to start seeing X-Men? Because it's it's going right. to happen. And it's going to I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I think that we'll probably see some type of hint at that in phase five for sure um yep that's my Agreed. that's my hot take um on how that's gonna go yeah it, it feels like they they you know really the the thrust of what they revealed this year was really around phase five that seems like a very solid lineup across tv and movies phase six seems a little light but i will i would not be surprised at next year's if they blow that out into you know, a few more movies. Maybe it's another, there's another Thor movie. Maybe there's another, maybe there's another Ant-Man movie, which will prove everything I've just said tonight wrong. Um, but yeah, it, it just feels like uh, they're just wetting the appetite for, and I mean, we're talking about 2020, end of 2024 and, and beginning of, you know, going into 2025. It's so far out, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but all around, I mean, you know, I just feel like, you know, like as an engineer, I, I, I very much appreciate the way they've approached this. You know, I feel like phases one through three were all, you know, single universe, you know, very structured, very much, you know, the the Infinity Saga with Thanos as as the big bad. And now we're kind of moving into, you know, you know, phase four is kind of the table setting world building and we're going to get into five and six that are really going to start, you know, telling us the, you know, really what is the next, you know, phase of Marvel storytelling. Um, you know, j- just amazing to me that, you know, something that started in 08 is just still carrying forward today and is, is, is a touchstone for, for myself and my family, at least uh, when these movies come out, we always like to go see them together and, and experience it together and stuff. So I'm, I'm very excited for uh, the, the content they've announced over the next few years. Indeed. Now, one thing I am going to put you on the spot for, because this yes, isn't sir. on our outline, yes, uh, and I mentioned before, one of the you know the hot topics is casting, uh, yes. specifically for uh, Fantastic Four, but uh, even more so for X Men, uh, because there's a there's a lot of curiosity as to okay, well, we've already seen two iterations now of the X Men, both in the the original you know, X one through three. And then in the kind of the, the revamped um, X-Men that came after with like X-Men first class days of future past, uh, you know, all of that stuff. And, and we got mm-hmm. kind of newer versions uh, leading to the great moment in Deadpool where he's like, you know, which one McAvoy or, or Stewart? I get so confused with this continuity. <laughs> um, but there is a rumor there is a rumor, as mm-hmm. good as there always is, 
of a certain actor whom we are fairly well acquainted with, possibly being up for the part of Professor Charles Xavier. Are you familiar with said rumor? I remember reading it, but I have no recollection about who it is. It didn't stick for some reason. Uh, friend of the show. Uh, well, yeah, friend of the show, we wish. Stone Cold uh, Steve often, Austin? Off discussed on the show. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Can you imagine <laughs> Stone Cold? As as Professor X, I actually, you know what? I just i I would love to see that multiverse. Can we see that just for a moment? See that Magneto would be... kind of float in, be like, "Charles, I'm here to thwart you. You dumb son of a!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're what? beeping every other word. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? I mean, oh my gosh, that'd be great. Anyways, no, oh. uh, Giancarlo Esposito is rumored to be up for the role of Professor uh, yes. X. Yes, I remember. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I remember seeing that. And yeah, I don't know why that didn't stick with me. But yeah, no, I think that would be that would be really cool. Yeah, I, he, I he think he always plays just such great characters. I, I know most of the time he's a villain, but I that would be a very interesting Professor X. Oh, totally. Like yeah. he, he has that kind of singular intensity that he can bring mm -hmm. that I think is, is really tough to duplicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you'd be, a, I, I, and then, which then brings up the idea of, okay, now who's Magneto and you have to start filling all these characters. The one that is, of course, the biggest question mark is Wolverine. Mm. One of the rumors is, uh, um, Carl Urban, ah. uh, McCoy from mm -hmm. the JJ Abrams and, uh, and, Star Trek and of course Dread from Dread, yes, um, and and many other things, the boys, all that stuff. That he would be up for the part of Wolverine. It's nice. it's a it's a great question to ask because this character is so iconic and also was played by Hugh Jackman for you know so many movies. I believe at this point more than most anyone else playing a single mm -hmm. movie in a comic book character. Um, which who would you pick? You got any for, casting ideas for Wolverine? For Wolverine? Um, I thought there was another. I'm trying to find his name. I thought like Taron Egerton. Yeah, yeah, from the Kingsman. Yeah, I I thought that was an interesting, interesting pick. Um, and but Carl Urban's interesting because he he kind of has that you know, Hugh Jackman kind of build to him anyways. So I could yeah. see that. Yeah, I could go. I, I mean, I think it'd be kind of funny if it was Carl, because, you know, the fact, like, I've never seen the show, the boys, but I mean, I know he plays like the hero or some kind of superhero on that. So I, think, I thought it'd be kind of funny for him to also be, you know, kind of an iconic superhero in Wolverine, uh, uh, you know, for him to play that. So I, I could see that. Um, Taron Eg Egerton, I, yeah, I think it'd be kind of interesting in, in the sense it'd be a little bit different, you know, um, mm -hmm. from from that, you know, Hugh Jackman kind of pattern. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, yeah, I mean, no one else immediately comes to mind. Yeah, I think I think that's probably. Just trying to think of anyone else that would fit that. Let me throw a wild card at you. Robert Downey Jr. is too old. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, I just think he's too old. You know what I mean? Well, Robert Downey Jr. is already Iron Man, so you're not going to well, get him as Wolverine. That's, that's true. Here's a wild card for you. 
All right. CM Punk. He he did wrestle for a while with the the Wolverine Mutton Chops. Uh huh. I don't know. Some something about him. But the the problem I have with any of these picks, yeah, is that in the comics, and again, all the stuff from the comics changes. But the one thing that was it was kind of an identifying characteristic of Wolverine. He's a short dude. Mm. Like he's a short, stocky, square-looking guy. And I know that it's yeah. tough to get a you know, find that person who's also a killer actor that you want to, you know, have carry this character. But like, you know, freaking Hugh Jackman is like, I think he's like 6'1", 6'2", something like that. Yeah. And Carl Urban is yeah. 6'1", CM Punk is 6'1". Like all these dudes are like six feet tall. Like what we mm-hmm. really need is like a, a really well-muscled like Tom Cruise, like, you know, dude is like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, you know, <laughs> that's what we need. And I'm saying that as someone who, you know, wants kind of a wants a superhero who's like his height be kind of nice yeah i you know cm punk i could see it he he could do the look i think that'd be kind of interesting i think the attitude is more what i'm thinking like there's just a bit of that i don't give a rip sort of yes i don't know if he can act his way out of a paper bag you know outside of the ring he's a wrestler they're acting every week well i mean let's go watch the marine you know two through eight or whatever it is you know that uh you know produced by wwe films yeah (laughs) let's not get too carried away with hey well you play a character on tv so therefore you are an actor like no it's a different it's sort of like you know like hey let's just put you know hugh jackman was able to do all those stunts however let's put him in a ring however cm punk is a noted fan of comics and has authored some comics himself so i think he would know how or or at least have a sense of how you know how to channel a wolverine kind of character and if they're not going to have him as wolverine they definitely ought to consider him for ben Grimm, the thing because he does always Mm. use it's clobbering time that is true and that's that's the thing's catchphrase yeah so that would be nice do you think you make a good Gambit? We haven't seen Gambit on the screen. Well, the thing is, you gotta. Well, we have actually. He was in one of the one of the crappy Wolverine movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. But then you got to start getting into accents, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other thing. You know, yeah. again, you, you yeah. start getting you start getting to this point where it's like, okay, you're gonna ask this person who is not you know, a trained actor w- without a ton of experience doing this sort of thing to now like, Oh, and by the way, you got to talk, you know, like you've been from, you know, Nolan's Louisiana, your whole life and live in the back bayous and all this, like, eh, mm-hmm. it's a bit mm-hmm. much. Oh, well, sorry, Kevin, we can't help you out with the, uh, with a casting. You're on your own. Um, then again, Oh, what, who is the, uh, who is the person who I can't, I, I, I used to remember her name because she was she cast like all the Marvel movies. Anyways, you're on your own too. Sorry. <laughs> we tried. Uncle Todd is throwing his hands up. He's done. I am. I surrender. And another thing. Ew!
What do you got for another thing this week? And let's try let's try and make our speedy this week because we are hurtling towards two and a half hours. Oh my god, tell me about it. Uh yeah, my mine will be 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 pretty straightforward and simple. It is uh WWE biography and and uh a, a new series they're doing on A uh, and E uh, right after those biographies called Rivals. Um very uh very interesting stories being told uh, once again this season, uh, starting off with The Undertaker, uh, his story, uh, Goldberg, the Bella Twins, Kurt Angle, and uh, I don't know if Lex Luger is going to be the last one or if they – I'm basing this on, of course, the fountain of, of accurate information, Wikipedia. But uh, yes. uh, th- those are the ones that I see listed so far. Um Always with biography, they do a very, a very good job, very solid job on on the history and uh, mm. and, and and really, you know, kind of the background on these characters. I'm in the middle of the Kurt Angle one, which is very compelling. A um, lot of loss, a lot of uh, just tragedy throughout his life. Um, kind of can understand, you, you know, you know some some of the issues that he had gone through. Um, you know, especially during his years and toward the end of his WWE run, going into his you know, impact run, uh, with, with TNA. Um, but you know, just, just, uh, always, I, I'm always game for, for seeing, you know, the stories behind these guys, you know, the, these, these superstars put their bodies through so much and, and, you know, they're, they're human beings and, and they have, uh, you know, a lot of baggage they carry with them. And so it's very interesting to, to, to get to know their stories. Rivals is a great series. Um, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a little different in the sense that, um, you, you know, it's telling the story of a, of a rivalry. So, uh, you know, the first one was uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Um, the one Ooh. next one after that was um, oh, Undertaker and Kane. And mm. then uh, the, mo- the, the last one I saw, not the most recent one, but uh, I think it goes back about two episodes is uh, Stone Cold and The Rock. Mm. And uh, just just a phenomenal job just breaking down these rivalries. And, 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 you know, they don't treat them as like, you know, true sports rivalries in the sense like they, they pull the curtain back. Mm. You know, Stone Cold and The Rock was was just a great one to watch because it wasn't just about them as a rivalry in the ring, but it was the evolution of them as as you know really as competitors behind the scenes you know stone cold was not you know steve austin was not someone who was going to drop the top spot to the next up and comer and rock was that up and comer and so it was all about how they made each other better and yeah. and how over time they grew in respect for one another they grew in friendship for one another um understanding you know what the other meant to and and quite honestly they they are one of if not the best rivalry that i i've ever been a part of you know seeing you know as a wrestling fan um you know but but uh but 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 it is i mean it it is one of the best and and it had a lot to do with the chemistry and the styles and so they go into all that depth there is this kind of funny thing where they have like freddie prince jr kind of you know presiding over this panel of of like wrestlers and the unfortunate thing is you don't really see them a whole lot. And I kind of wish there was a little bit more of that. Um, you know, a lot of, I've been through these three episodes, you know, Kevin Nash is part of that. He, you know, for as much crap as he gets as being a politician, backstage politician during his time when he was a superstar, he's a very smart guy and, and he brings a really good perspective to things. And, uh, unfortunately we only hear him, you know, a little bit here and there, you know, it's, it's really not as much as I'd like to see. Uh, John Bradshaw Layfield is, is, uh, uh, 
you know, part of it, um, Kofi Kingston, uh, Tamina Snuka, I think in some upcoming episodes, Cody Rhodes. Um, so, uh, so they kind of work into the storytelling, a little bit of the panel kind of giving their perspective on things, but I really wish they did more of that. So, uh, highly recommend WWE biographies and rivals. It is, uh, it is a great background and, and I think really humanizes, uh, you know, these folks. And then the rivals is great just to kind of give you a sense of history behind these, these great rivalries. What, sir, uh, is yours? Well, actually, I'm going to add a little tag on to yours because I just happened to listen to a segment from Uncle Corny's podcast this afternoon ah, talking about yeah. the uh, the Steve Austin rock rivalries episode. And mm-hmm. it's it is very fascinating. And once again, just reinforces that in spite of the fact that, you know, Jim Coronet really doesn't like all that much that happened after like 1988 or anything that happened <laughs> north of the Mason Dixon line in terms of professional wrestling. Um, that he recognized just how special that rivalry was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the way that he described it, he's like, you, you have these, you have the top guy that comes along every generation. You know, you had Hogan, you had, you know, you had Andre, you had, you know, you had all these guys that came along and he goes, of course, he goes far back into like names where I'm like, I got nowhere. I I don't know where you're going, Uncle Corny, but I'll follow you. And he says, but Austin and Rock were really 1A and 1B. Like you actually, Mm -hmm. for the first time ever had two of those guys in the same company at the same time on a international you know, national, but international scale. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. the television and the production and all of this. And he says, you know, Austin was there a little bit before, but then rock came in and you had him going back and forth. And, you know, you, he says, that's why they drew all the money. That's why they, and it's really fascinating to just, uh, you know, to hear just mm. his mind for the sport, his mind for the business come through and, and kind of tell you why this is like one of those things, almost like, you know, back in the day, Bob Ryan, uh, the great mm-hmm. sports writer for the Boston Globe, very astutely said, like in the mid 2000s, uh, like around 2010, like, hey, folks, look around and enjoy it because we're living in the good old days now. Like, yep. this is what you're going to be telling your kids about. Like, enjoy it. Like, this doesn't happen all the time. Um, and so that was kind of interesting. So I, I'll I'll put a link in there uh, after yours, but good call on those because uh, a a nice. does terrific work with all that stuff. Um, mine is actually a book that I read on our on our trip uh, out to uh, Colorado. Uh, it is Bird by Bird: Some Instructions on Writing and Life by Anne Lamott. Um, I'm a big fan of like uh, of of writing, of of reading, and all that. Uh, but uh, it's always interesting to hear and to to see how different writers approach the the practice and the discipline of writing. And uh, I kind of took a few shots at George R.R. R. Martin earlier, and I'll continue mm-hmm. to because quite honestly, like <laughs> sit your butt down and write. Like seriously, it's if if you if you're a writer, that's what it is. And like finish what you started. One of my favorite uh, bits that I saw was like Stephen King and George R.R. R. Martin were doing an interview where they interviewed each other. And Literally, George R. R. Martin is like, you know, how do you bloody write so much and write so many books and all this and that and the other? And Stephen King just looks at him. He's like, I just sit my butt in the chair and write. Like, that's what it is, you know? 
so I, 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 I'm always interested in hearing different approaches mm-hmm. to writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anne Lamott is a, is a fairly prolific writer, and, uh, but is an advocate for that kind of like, it's a discipline, you have to do it, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to be you know, disciplined in your approach to it, and you have to, you know, in somewhat the same way as Stephen King, like you can't come to it lightly, you have to approach it with a, a certain amount of seriousness, uh, even though with, with her, her writing it. And this is essentially like the way that she phrases it. Like, this is everything I know about writing so far. And it kind of comes out of courses that she's taught and things like that. And there is so much sarcasm in this book. It was fantastic. It's great. It's an entertaining book. Even if you're not like necessarily like a hardcore, like I want to become a writer thing. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining because her writing is just so good. And so vivid and just is so conversational. It's great. Uh, nice. So if you're if you're an aspiring writer or even if you just have an interest in in how the what the particular bats inside of a writer's belfry look like and what their flight patterns are, it's a great read. Uh, I'll have a link to it, of course. And, uh, you know, check it out for certain, even if you're vaguely interested. Do you read that in first class or no? No, I read that while I was sandwiched in a seat. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, you know what? I think I finished reading that. I might have finished reading that while I was sitting in the Denver airport for like that six or seven hours. Oh, I'm boy. pretty sure I finished that up there, if I'm recalling correctly. Nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, no, it was, it was a high point of my life, really. As Very I nice. sat there in the Denver air- airport, contemplating all of the life decisions that had gotten me <laughs> to that point, yes, it's great. Well, we did have a couple of bourbons. That does help. Yeah, I could have used about five or six more. Yeah, I bet. well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We do so appreciate it. Thank you to all the members of the Free Range EDC congregation. We certainly appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. That's the better word. Habada, 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 habada. It is approaching. Actually, no, it is past midnight here on the oh East my. Coast as we're recording. So, uh, cheers. The captain has turned on the you may now drinks uh, sign. And uh, yes, uh, I am now sweating out of every single pore in my body. <laughs> But uh, we definitely appreciate you tuning in. Uh, this is a lot of fun for us to do, but it would be, wouldn't be quite as much fun if we didn't have you along for the ride. So thank mm-hmm. you. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. You can find us at freerangeadc.com. That'll have all of our episodes. You can subscribe right through the Podbean website or the app. You can also find us on the podcast purveyor of your choice. Uh, highlights of that include Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, a bunch of others. Just search for us. I'm sure you'll find us. And if not, go to the aforementioned freerangeadc.com. We are also on the social medias. You can find us on the Instagram. We are on the Twitter. We are on the Facebook. All of those are at freerangeidiocy. And if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, or even suggestions for shows, or even a suggestion for some deodorant right now that would actually be appreciated send all of those to tim at freerangeadc.com and he will get back to you forthwith pdq asap if not sooner and now ladies and gentlemen before i pass out of heat stroke it is my pleasure to ask you the second most important question ever uttered in human history the first of course being what is hip the second being the hell did we learn this episode uh, we've learned the following, my friend. Uh, we've learned men they call Tim first classes it all the way, baby. Who no. city it is. 
you know, I'm we just were doing saying. so well here. I, I really just. Mrs. I, Crane I has a bourbon and some deviled eggs, baby. <laughs> if I could reach through this screen right now, <laughs> just grab both your ears and twist those freaking things. <laughs> Uh, we've also learned uh, much respect out to uh, Bill Russell and Michelle Nichols. Much appreciated their contributions to society, to culture, and to life. Mm-hmm. And they will be missed. Mm-hmm. We've also learned Marvel uh, came out with both barrels uh, at uh, the Comic-Con last week. And uh, looking forward to the content they are going to be producing, as well as any surprise announcements that are coming next year to fill out that, that very thin and light phase six but we uh we have full confidence there will be some surprises in store mm-hmm. with all that being said yes as we like to close things out thank as you once do. again uh for the downloads please listen we do appreciate it don't, don't beg uh, don't beg don't make it shameful don't don't you all know right, all right all right i'm just saying we're not out panhandling for our supper here. We first you know, classing it, you know. You just want to make sure. Anyways, all right. Is that what you uh, do in first class? Like you get down on your knees, please. May I have some more? No, that's everyone. That's all of us back in coach. I'm like, hey, can I have some water? <laughs> yeah, here's a thimble. <laughs> can I have some ice? No. Okay, fine. <laughs> you have to save that for all the people in first class. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, as we like to close things out, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And well, because first class isn't cheap, would you please hit the lights on the way out? It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! <laughs> You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. I'd like to once again remind our contestants that there are proper bathroom facilities located in the studio. We've got a real barn burner on our hands. In the lead, we have Kathy Lee Gifford, a first-time player. Hey, who you plot calling a player, G? G? What's that mean, Grandpa? <laughs> Is that what G stands for? Frank, you got a new nickname. It's G. <laughs> And you have negative $22,400. In second place, with negative $46,700, is Tom Hanks. Uh, I, I am a slow starter, Alex, but I think that you'll find that I will catch up with double jeopardy. <laughs> Well, you've, uh, you've managed to cast away quite a number of points. I'm sorry, what's that? Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. First class, you. I've got a freaking swamp growing over here in my shorts. <laughs> and you're talking about first class. It's just, it's just, it's just rude, is what it is. It's just rude. It's a privilege. I've got a Nile River of sweat running down my crack, and you're over there talking about deviled eggs that you had while you were waiting for your train. That's right. It's good to be the king. Now get the hell out of here.